Kick returner, punt returners of all time. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely one of the famous twos. After that, there's not anybody. So I didn't get it till my senior year. What were you before that? I won. I were, were eight my freshman year. That's so funny. My numbers and then are I had two to go, and eight. I had to go one and one my sophomore junior, which I really did not like one. I really didn't. Why? Because uh, it's just one. It's a I weird just, number. It is. I just didn't want to be My like... My basketball numbers were one and three. Three because of Iverson, one because I just liked the look. Maybe but, it looks skinnier. Yeah, but I did it, and <laughs> I wore it, and I just... Yeah, it does. I like single digits. I wanted that, right? And 11 was taken by Major, right? He stole Ricky's number after Ricky went from 11 to 34 his Damn. senior year. He, Ricky was 11, his freshman, sophomore, junior. They don't retire junior. college player numbers, do they? Uh, no, they do. Ricky's is retired. Well, uh, Syracuse, like, they'll Earl offer Campbell's 44 retired. to, like, very special recruits. Right, right. No, yeah. Ricky's retired. Earl Campbell's retired. Vince Young's retired. I think Colt McCoy might even be retired, something like that. But it's, it's, it's pretty deservedly so. Yeah, he had an awesome career. He, he was did. unbelievable. Yes, he did. Hi, Josh. What's going on? How are you guys feeling today? You want to talk about I'm yesterday? Good. I feel really good. Do I feel I rested. Want to talk about yesterday? Not you feel really. rested? What time do you sleep till today? Um, I woke up at like honestly probably about eight fifty. Wow. Yeah. That's probably the latest you've slept in a while. Man, it was amazing. Yeah. My kids slept in. That was the biggest thing. Okay. They. I let them stay up late last night because you know we were in L.A. All that stuff. And right. You know, uh, yeah, I let my kid play Fortnite to like ten thirty, and then he watched he's TV that with addicted, me. Huh? He's he's literally he comes out of the room some days, and I go, "Have you been in there?" I want to be like, "Have you been in there doing crack all day?" Because he'll come out, and his hair's everywhere, and his eyes are like, and I'm like, "Damn, have you been on a crack binge here?" Was he like, winning last it's, night? It's scary. Did he win? Or was he? I don't know. At the TV? All, he just yells. He's got his microphone with his ear things on like this. He looks like he's a head coach of a football team. I was like, look at this mini does John Gruden up here. Does he sound like a head coach? Of he a football sounds team? like me. I mean, this is what I'm. I'm getting a like. My wife was like, yeah, he sounds like you used to when you were playing Madden and yelling what at twelve year olds and telling how crappy they were. Has he had an insult that's actually made you laugh yet? Uh, oh, he do, he says a lot of stuff. Yeah, he really does. He's come up with. A, he's learned a lot more trash talking. Oh no, he'd be like. Yeah, boy. You want some of that, boy? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. You got burned. That's why like, I always hear him say I just think like it's that. funny because you've kept technology away from for yeah. so long. Oh, it's a, I, I told him last night. I was like, this shit's about to change. And he's like, why? I'm like, rules are coming. I was like, school's coming. You ain't doing this shit during the week. We're going back to weekends. Oh, I don't know, just one hour a night. I mean, that's how. And I go, look at this. You're Fucking crying yes. over a video game. That's how crazy it's making you. I remember... One F word. I'm I, trying to do one F word this podcast. I, I remember I... So I used to play Madden all the time. Yeah. And I would play until like 6 in the morning. When I say... Like, I was top 20 online for a little bit. Like, I would go and I would talk all the trash and all that. And I remember that most of my losses were late at night. And my mom would just come in and rip... Because I would do the internet cord from like three rooms down my hallway. And it would just... Just reached the Xbox, and she would just come down and pull it out at like four in the morning. And I reacted like Philip. Yeah, you need to pull it away. Yeah, no, he's got two more weeks of so- 
Two get, more weeks of summer. Get him in the program. How are you still eating burps? Like, what did you eat today that you're you're just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just worried about your digestive system. No, it's top notch. <laughs> it's probably just it's the coffee. I've had coffee and uh, okay. I had a coffee right before we started. That's all it is. I'm looking out for you like Fendrick was looking out for me on Monday's podcast. It's good he juju. Said, he said, "Don't yeah, good juju." Got the shirt. Good juju for Juju Smith. I'm the oracle of the week, at least. Yeah, he said, "Don't say who we're interviewing Wednesday." Well, it, it didn't it, happen. It happened. I had the worst travel day in the history of man. Yeah. Take us through it. I, I don't really want to. Could have been the best day had it ended the way we thought it was. I just sat on a plane for three hours in the middle of the rainstorm, and they're like, all right, we're actually going to fly. And the, 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 then the pilot comes out two minutes later and goes, I'm actually in overtime, so like it's illegal for me to fly. So everyone get off the plane. Man. So then I go home, and then, oh, we're going to get a charter plane to go to Pittsburgh. And I was like, okay. So I take an Uber an hour up to Westchester, and then as soon as I pull in, Josh called me and goes, oh, we're not going to get it. And then so I drove an hour back. Yesterday was like the worst day of my life. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. you. It, it got all thrown onto you. I mean, I went to the airport. I hung out. When I got rescheduled for the 9 o'clock flight, I said, I'm going home. I have no faith that this flight will take off because they were coming over the, like, saying that the federal government had shut things down. Damn. And when I heard that, I was like, man, this doesn't sound good. Are we allowed to say what we were going to do? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, go for it. We are going to work out with James Harrison. And we still are. It's going to get rescheduled. In the morning. Right. Oh, man. It's, it's going to be, be awesome. amazing. It's going to be for it's the show, be, yeah. which is going to be awesome. Uh, but you actually got to, like, hang out with him? Yeah, so we were at the gym checking yeah, it Josh out. Josh is the only one that actually made it down <laughs> Yeah, there. I was there with the crew. We were at the gym just checking it out, figuring out where we were going to do all the stuff with him. And when we got there, it was just the manager of the gym and James's rep. And then we're standing on this balcony overlooking the gym, and I feel something tap me on the shoulder. Someone tap me on the shoulder. And I turn around, and there's James Harrison. Right. T-shirt, shorts, flip-flops. Break hanging, it down. Hanging out at the gym. Uh, big big guy. Yeah. Really, I mean, not tall. Not tall. But the thickest individual maybe you've ever seen in yeah, your life. I texted you guys that I thought that his chest front to back was two of me smashed together. I'd say and three. And Sim said three. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would not. Because even smash it, the density of it, that's yeah. what you have to. So you'd have to smash three of you together a little bit. Very big head. Right. And really? the arms. How big of his head? Because Sims has a big head. Yeah, definitely. Most bigger. football players. Definitely though. bigger than your head. I mean, there's, there's, there's a reason that they can throw their heads around with abandon and like they yeah. all got thick skulls. Big oval head and arms to just. I I'm mean, famous for my hard head in the house in New Jersey. What does whatever that mean? You're famous for your hard head. I mean, people always like my family, especially. They literally laugh at me. They think I have like the hardest head in the world. Like when they grab my head or give me nuggies or when I used to be like that drunk high school college kid who like, oh, you want to get in a headbutting contest? Sure, let's do it. What? Like, yeah, this stupid meathead shit. I wasn't sure what a drunk high school college kid is, but yeah, I guess. Wait, yeah. so was he funny? Was he scary? He was not scary at all. He was actually super nice, and he he was down to talk to all of us and he answered all of our questions and, and was it like a private gym no he works out in like a public gym in this suburb about 30 miles outside of pittsburgh so and when i see james harrison with like chains and stuff yeah, there's other so he's got two gyms he's got the arizona gym and the pittsburgh gym I don't Man, know what the. I'm, I'm excited to work out with him, but yeah. I'm scared to death. Yes. I don't know what the Arizona gym is like, but the Pittsburgh gym, he's just there with other people. It's just random Joes. Just random Joes. That's yeah. Crazy. Like there was going to be a basketball game of just random guys going on in the background while he does his workout. Man. That's awesome. And he, when we were talking to him about it, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to make them do everything that I do. And that'll be, yeah, that's how we'll do it. Yeah. And it was just completely matter of fact. No questions asked. Okay, great. See you guys 4 30 in the morning. Damn. Yeah. 4 30? Well, he starts at 5, so he gets there at 4.30. 
Golly. I need to do a thorough warm-up before we start that. I yeah. just hope he knows he, that. He does a warm-up, too. Good. Okay, yeah. good. All right, so we got a lot on this show. Uh, I saw some people a little upset that we only got into quarterbacks on the last episode, but yeah. that was the theme of the show. Right. But Sims has given me seven guys that we're going to get to, a more in-depth scouting report of just some other guys that Sims loved before the draft. Um, I also have just some random news. I got some videos to go over. And then God bless Jalen Ramsey did an interview with GQ and he pretty much commented on two-thirds of the quarterbacks of the NFL. We're going to run through them, and Sims, I just want your raw reactions. I agreed with a lot of them, and yes. I think he actually agreed with us too, Right. but I'm excited to get to them, yeah, which will and be I, great. I don't and think we have Phil coming on, so it's yeah, a good episode. It is. It should be good. Uh, yeah, I've got some, you know, the... This this time of the year, week one preseason two, we just I'm evaluating players. There's nothing scheme wise to look no. at and go, oh wow, they're they've changed their defense. They're not going to do that on week one of the preseason. But yeah, evaluating players would certainly have a few. It's funny as you go through the list that how many haven't been playing, how much of the first rounders have been banged up a little bit, have done nothing yet to this point. I'm just looking at all right. the, the first round running backs: Rashad Penny, broken fingers; Darius Geis, we know about. Yep. But like, there's so many guys that are injured right now. Yeah, I know, and um, no more. We haven't seen Marcus Davenport. No Vita via yet right uh so no jair alexander yet all those guys so i'm excited to see if they play this week but regardless it was fun looking at i looked at pretty much most of the first round except for some of the old linemen that i didn't get to yet but uh i think we're gonna we're gonna get all the sexy names out of the way so let's do uh some videos uh and just your reaction to them first okay uh first one up this one was all over the place yesterday DJ Swearinger, Terrell Pryor working out with his former team, and every time he went and touched the ball, the Washington team was freaking out. Right. This was the play, though, that got a lot of attention. Swearinger comes up to Terrell Pryor after the play and just absolutely punks him. So he goes and pretend to throw a punch at Terrell Pryor, and Terrell Pryor, like, with the ultimate flinch. I don't know what he did to them last year. He must have talked way too much crap in practice and pissed off that whole defense. Now, he can be that way. He can be a real stubborn, tough, I don't give a damn what you think of me yeah, kind of guy. because you remember when he left, the team was like, oh, wait until you're on the other right. side. So that's what I would guess happened. I would think that there was a lot of tension between him and the defense all year last year. And then when you don't perform... Right? He had some drops. And you got all that then he had yet. the injury, right? So that is just DBs. They just want to eat that up. Few things. If you think you're going to get in a fight with somebody, yeah. remember that you're wearing a helmet. And even if they're going to throw a punch, it doesn't really matter. Yes. Do you believe that flinching is challenge of your manhood? No. I do not. I mean, who cares? Damn. I mean, he flinched. He might have flinched and Damn. came back and thrown a right hook and you knocked him out. You think I was going to flinch? Who cares? You're like Kobe. But uh, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. The thing I look at of that is where the hell are the Jets players to defend him a little bit? Because there's like 20 Redskin guys going there. So when I just see things like this, I don't know this, but it just goes, man, maybe the Jets aren't really backing him yet either. They don't know him, don't like him enough yeah. yet to do that. Those are the little things I look at. Um, also, DJ Swearinger. I mean... He's the leader of the defense. That's the one thing I've just continued to see, reading between the lines, talking to, to D'Angelo Hall, who yes. talked about it a little bit when we were with him. Yeah, what did he LA. say to you? He just said, Swearinger is, holds everybody accountable. Meetings, everything. And you remember the, some of the comments last year, he even said, I feel like some of our guys aren't going all in every week, yeah. things like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I respect him for that. And he, of course, he is no-nonsense physical type of football player who I really think would pay money to fight Terrell Pryor right there in person. If somebody kind of like tried to punk you like that, are yeah. you allowed to just punch them in the face? 
Like, because there's this thing, right? Oh, where yeah, somebody yeah. Ch- does this, and then you flinch, everyone goes, oh, like, you're no, no, The rules are off. He could have gone into a fight yeah, right Trump there. Yeah, Trump could have absolutely started Definitely. a fight Nobody right would have been mad at him, right. The problem is, is Todd Bowles would be mad at him. Because right now, apparently, Terrell Pryor is doesn't even have a person. fan yet with Todd Bowles. Right. You've opened up a whole new thing to look at for me with your stuff about how the sidelines react to things that happen. Like yes. you said about Josh Allen the other day, right. the Bills going crazy, right. and then now how they uh, the Jets that, reacted those here. Those are just little things, right. I, yeah, I feel like that's something I want to watch now is what the sidelines yeah. do. Yeah. So apparently, Terrell Pryor came out and revealed that he's recovering from a broken ankle that happened in an off-season May workout. Right. Todd Bowles really didn't like that and said, I feel like he should keep his mouth shut and leave the injuries to me. I'm actually on the side of Terrell Pryor here somewhat. Terrell Pryor has not been out there, has not looked that great. And I can imagine as a player, Mm -hmm. I would have a hard time being told that you're not performing well and you know that your ankle's broken, but the team is not telling anybody that your ankle was broken. I get it, too. Why would the team not admit this? I I honestly, like, I, I understand hiding injuries during the season and things like that. But yes, I don't understand why Todd Bowles would be so angered at this point. There's no game. There's no injury report. We know he had an injury last year, and that's why he didn't perform. Why has he not been taking as many reps? They've been telling us he's on a rep count every day. Right. So yes, he's letting you know. I don't understand. I understand if Todd Bowles got mad and this came up in week two or week three, because then teams go, oh, there's something wrong with his ankle. So he might not be good at cutting off that or doing this route mm. or whatever it may be. But we still have plenty of time before we get to that point. So so I did think that was a hair of an overreaction. Kind of felt weird but, to me. But what I, my antennas are up with. I only like your antenna. My antennas, the antennas. My antennas are up with like connecting our last story. So there's Todd Bowles. I don't see Jets players over there to defend him. I'm just saying he might not be loved with the team right now. I could be wrong, but those are the things I am going to be watching closely here for the next few weeks. To I see also look at it and just from changes. watching some of the Jets games, Jermaine Curse looks like he's going to be a factor yet again. Yeah. I'm excited for Quincy and Nunwa to mm-hmm. get back. Robbie Anderson's a player. Yes. They're not weak at this position. It's actually become a quiet strength of this team. Uh, I agreed. I'm, hold on. I'm going to pull up their roster. And then also so the I Alabama kid. Yeah, I'm exactly right. Darius Stewart's in there. You know, th- I know again, they have like suspensions and off the field stuff. Sure. But like Terrell Pryor is fighting for a roster spot. Yes. And the, I mean, they have good tight end play. Yes. I think that's something that's not being talked about with the Jets. The Jets are one of my teams that yeah. I really want to say will be fighting for a wild card spot. Right. Because I look at the team and I go, I love James Betcher. I love what he can do with that defense. Yep. I mean, they almost threw away. They did throw away like five games last year. I mean, they were certainly competitive in a whole lot of games. In a whole yes. lot of games. Right. I look at that and I felt like a lot didn't go their way. Mm-hmm. I can see that flipping this year. I agree. And remember how I look at how the, the lines change? Mm-hmm. They were one of those teams whose whose line drastically changed. I could see them, you know, fighting for a seven and nine, eight and eight. There's no superstar front seven difference maker. I but think I that's think that the their biggest, secondary could help out with a lot of The secondary is solid. You do have the sharper, uh, Deron Lee, sorry, I always want to call him sharper for some reason. Yeah. Deron Lee at linebacker. You but need they don't like have the great Loren- pass rusher. Yeah, you need like, like Lorenzo Malden to get back to what we thought right. maybe he could but be. But they're big and physical and there's no game that they're going to go onto the field with, with any team in football and they're going to be overmatched. I think yeah. that's what your point is and what probably my point is with the Jets too. Well, that's why you're not going like, to go and bully them. But don't you think having James Betcher allows you to 
maybe not need a pass rusher because of how he creatively blitzes if he linebackers. On the Jets, yes, but he's on the Giants, James Betcher. Motherfucker. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's the but same Todd defense with Todd Bowles. I know, I'm having fun. Damn, you could have corrected me the first time. <laughs> I don't think I even heard you say it the first time. Yeah. It is very similar. And I think that's sometimes why the pass rusher is not valued in that scheme as much, just because he goes, We're Blitzburg yes. and we can find creative ways to do that. Because that's it's the Blitzburg scheme. All right, so here is another video. Uh, again, if you're watching us on YouTube and the Bleacher Report channel, I will put this over. But this is uh, Va- uh, Von- Vernon Davis talking to Zach Brown and kind of making a little bet. Hey, can you say your ABC is all the way from Z? Backwards? Yeah. You can't? What if I paid you? What if I paid? What if I paid you ten thousand dollars to do it? Huh? I'll give you until tomorrow. Do you think that you can do the alphabet backwards right now? No way. Josh, do you think Absolutely you can do a background? Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-N-O-M-L-J-K-H-I-D-F-E-D-C-B-A. I fucked up in the middle. I mean, you definitely fucked up. I don't know. I couldn't even I can tell do the presence. Right. I can do that. But Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-N-O-M-L-K-J-H-G. No. I Lefko just wanted to show off. Well, yeah. Do you know why? Why? You used to do this or something? I did it on purpose. Right. Because for a long time, I was like... God forbid I'm ever pulled over by the cops and I've had alcohol. If I can remember, and guys, do not drink and drive. If I can remember to do the alphabet backwards, I'm going to get out of it. Uh, That was like in my mind what I thought I could do. It, I'm, I just didn't put myself in that situation. I yeah. wouldn't recommend it to anybody. But when I saw this, I was like, "Yo, I want to get ten thousand dollars from Vernon oh Davis." I would, if ten thousand dollars, I'd probably, I would study hard to learn it for in the night. If yeah. you said, "Okay, you're gonna give me ten thousand dollars," okay, I have no doubt I could do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I don't I need you too for sure. I, I agree with you. I don't know if I can do it by tomorrow. It'd be close. <laughs> Zach Brown's definitely not gonna be able. To do I it. wouldn't think so. Middle linebackers. Uh, yeah, I'd have a hard time believing he's gonna pull that one out of his butt and win twenty four hours. Oh my no disrespect. No disrespect, but the middle linebackers I've been around, yes, I would say that's... And not big backwards alphabet nah, guys? I would say not. No, okay. no. All right, so uh, one last video, but I, quickly, Hard Knocks came out uh, Tuesday night. I know, you I'll still watch, I'll watch it. it, yep. Uh, Corey Coleman, I thought was interesting. He like went in there and actually requested a trade, in a way, before he got traded. Yeah. I don't think he requested, but he went in there and he said, why am I running with the twos? If you don't want me, then trade me. Right. And then it was like, Corey Coleman's been traded. Is that how quickly it can happen? It can especially if it's a guy where they're just going we're not sure about you anyways and then we don't we're not sure about you you haven't proven anything to us and now you're talking about this and you don't even have the right to come in here and talk about that yeah, yet Hughes then they just go was, get you should out. go talk to Todd right so there you go which so was he, interesting yeah so he didn't want to deal that probably pissed him off that was his way of like yeah I've just crossed you off the list basically mm. and I, I'm sure they reevaluate the team meeting later that night or coaches meeting and they talk about it and they go you know we evaluate his character or whatever it's been the injuries all yeah. that and they go you know let's just move on the Antonio Callaway uh, you won. got to know when to hold them when Antonio Callaway got arrested when to fold them. he didn't tell anybody on the Browns yes. and that entire practice all the coaches like what's wrong with you like you don't have focus. And he like didn't tell them. I just thought it was funny that episode one, Hugh Jackson told all the coaches, we're going to make sure our guys are healthy. And then episode two, they play Antonio Callaway every single snap and work him into the ground. Yes. Like, wh- like where's the consistency? No. And, and I don't, you know, 
giving him every snap and working him in the ground to me is all about they're just trying to make sure he's in shape after he gets suspended the first week or one or two don't tell me it was punishment like yeah it's punishment for the player the player the ballers they want to be on the sideline hanging out in meaningless football games this yes. is like a status check right so he didn't get to do that so i understand maybe it was a little bit of punishment yeah. but also i think it was more than that i think it was selfish mm. uh just their own cleveland way of going oh well this guy's got to contribute we got to get him ready and get him in shape yeah like todd haley went up to landry and said I need you to like make sure this kid's like living at your house. Yeah. And he ended it with Larry Fitzgerald would take care of him. His story is a little not being questioned today. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he talked about like the police coming over and like finding a roach. Well, the cops said they smelt it as soon as they walked in. So it doesn't sound like crumbs were left under the. No, he acted like there was a roach and they opened up the roach and that they found weed inside. And he's like, you really going to book me for that? And then Hugh had this whole speech about how if I find out you're lying, you're in deep shit. Yeah. Well. We'll see, because it yeah. doesn't sound like you've told the whole truth. But there. speaking of wide receivers, this is a moment that I don't think a lot of people are talking about online, yeah. and I wanted to share it, which is huh. the brief discussion about maybe bringing in Dez. Oh, it's yeah. like some scouting guy with um, John Dorsey, and you could tell the scouting guy is really trying to like talk Dorsey off Dez. It sounds like Dorsey wants Dez, so yeah. here's the up and back. Right. Bro. Come on, anyway, come on, come on, come on, come on. This is stuff we put together early. Don't get scared, though. Come on. We're um, overthinking it. But, I mean, but that's not exact. This is this is like trade, potential trade targets and stuff. He don't have Des Bryant. No, he's there at the bottom. He does. He's under Des. Basically 30, and he's... Uh, 29. He's 29.7. Uh, and, or is exact? Yeah. So like that, all right? That's like, uh, let me just go back. What and was get... he saying? You're reading too into it. What was he saying there? At the he start? kept asking the guy, let me see your wide receiver. He's like, yeah. this is just, I just, he's like, just give me the paper. Right. But I could tell that Dorsey is like, where's Dez? Right. He knows, Dorsey knows what he wants. You know, doesn't it sound like he wants Dez there? I mean, from that, from that conversation, yes. And... And, and it's not like the guy's trying to talk him off of it almost. It does. I mean, I'm sure Dez scares people. I understand that. I still think Dez is going to have value. I think he has a value for a Cleveland Browns football team if he's willing to go there. The thing that I think everybody has to get out of their brain is like, Dez is, okay, if you play him outside, great. But don't expect him to beat people deep and do all that. That day is over. If you want to play him outside, his game's going to be like a Michael Crabtree at this point, right? right? He's going to boss you up for the 50-50 balls. He's going to catch balls in traffic. But really... I look at guys like Des Bryant and Brandon Marshall, both. These are no longer, they should be looked at as big slot receivers. Yeah, they're not the greatest route runners in the world, but they're good route runners, and they're going to be fearless over the middle. They're going to be able to get tough yards and things like that. That's where the value is in Des Bryant. And I think the fact that he never got to play slot in in Dallas at all, it scares the scouting community because they go, their thing is we've never seen him do it. And I think John Dorsey's probably like, listen, he's pretty fast. He's pretty strong. He's tough. He's fearless. He does not care about contact. And our number two battles between Rashad Higgins and Antonio Callaway. Exactly right. That's that's where I'm going. So that's why he's saying you're you're overthinking it. Like and Duke Johnson. I don't know if I don't know if Des Bryant can go from the slot ten yards and make a ninety degree angle cut to the right. I'm not sure. He's only been one of the greatest athletes on the planet for the last fifteen years. You make years. some of these people sound like they have cinder blocks for brains. Yeah, because they do. Because that's yeah. like they they overthink it. Like it's like you know it's like the freak at the combine where they're like, well, you know that one play in cover two in college, you didn't play it right. 
Yeah, but he ran four two nine, and when he plays man, nobody ever gets open. And when he intercepts a pass, he returns it for a touchdown every time. But you're going to evaluate that one mess up on cover too. They look too deep into it, and it's where that's I what always people go to do Lefko. with preseason, right? It's where I go to Lefko because Lefko with Ryan, uh, our man Eagle is the enemy, uh, Holiday. and Bias Ryan Holiday, all of that. That's that what was it Michael is. Lewis, yeah. Okay, but all of it, it's that frame of thinking where players and, I mean, uh, scouting people fall in love with players and then they get, they misevaluate because it's like, oh, you know, the guy at that school told me a great story about him and he's, he's a good kid and I like the way his film looks. Okay. Anecdotes are such exactly bullshit. Exactly right. Anecdotes are bullshit. Right. You got to cut it out of your brain. It's, it, look, it's like when we go to these training camps and I see all the reporters on the sideline, they're like, you know who's playing well? Yeah. That guy. And the coaches really tell me, I was like, one, I don't think you know what you're looking at. Yeah. And two, like, I don't really care what the coach told yeah, you. Yeah, you can't always it's probably to, to manipulate coach. you anyway. You can't always listen to the coach. Just look at the eye in the sky. Right. It doesn't lie. Like Carl Lawson. Yeah. Like, I still don't know how he felt, but I put on that Bengals tape the other yeah. day. Holy crap. Boss man. Unbelievable. I know. I got to watch them. I have yet to watch that game. It's funny. I feel like I watched all the games you, you did. didn't watch. That was great. This is it good. We'll just break up the it's film this year. Left to watch his 50%. We'll do his film notebook. Yeah. You, you know <laughs> what was... Uh, so Josh Norman, getting back to, to Washington Jets, yeah. Sam Darnold, he was completely impressed. Yeah, it sounds like it. He said, Dog, this little kid is not making mistakes. You get rookies in here and try to mess with them and bait them a bit, and he's not having it. He impressed me, and I didn't want him to. Yeah, I know. He's he's impressed me, too. And I look at the not only like the game, and we talked about all that on Monday, I understand that the feet the release all that i look at little things like this where i look at what he's doing like you know we're in new york so we get to see little clips of sam darnold every night on the news yes sam darnold is working on changing his motion i see him doing it i see the way he throws and during warm-ups and things like that and i think it's only going to make him a better throw he's trying to limit this drop of the ball and then this over the top motion where the right hand goes down to his left pocket and if you really watch him warm up anybody that just watched Sam Darnold you're going to see him he's trying to limit the drop of the ball and he's really coming across his body like we always talk Aaron about Rogers. with Aaron Rodgers and what Brady's done the last few years where his right arm is finishing up towards his left pectoral mm. instead of down there and it just yeah I think who the told kids, him to do that is that a Jets coach or I, I would think so at some point or whether maybe it was one of the gurus he's worked with whatever right. but I, I if you, I just feel like the smart guys look around the NFL and they see the good throwers. Like I want to throw it like Aaron Rodgers, right? And they go, "Let me. What are like? Oh wait, he finishes over there. Why am I finishing down there?" And then it's little things like that that you can pick up. And I feel like that's what a lot of the smart quarterbacks do, at least. Uh, Roquan Smith is finally going to be there Yay. for the Bears. Uh, Hackenberg's first two throws at Eagles camp were P- both interceptions. I-N-T. Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, when you talk about Sam Darnold, and was that the quarterback that, that the Giants would have taken if they didn't take Saquon? Everything I know, yes. How good does Saquon have to be, and how successful do the Giants have to be with Eli as their quarterback yeah. to justify? I know. I think the Giants probably have to go to the playoffs like the next two years at least to with justify Saquon that. With Saquon having like yeah. sixteen hundred total yards. But I know what you're bringing up because it's a very big conversation up here now. I feel oh. like because I, mean, I see like, in the New York papers right. all the time. It's Saquon versus Sam Darnold, right? And Sam, the way he looked now, it's got the Giant fan base and the Giant media going, especially with how Davis Webb looked. Too. Right? Did we just mess up the next ten years of the organization? here and missing out on this quarterback as amazing as Saquon is we know how awesome the quarterback is and that that position uh so yeah that's a real debate up here but no I think I mean come on Saquon the first run of his career are you kidding me like get the that was no hole he made two amazing cuts and then exploded guy by guys like Denzel Ward who ran the fastest combine time on defense and all that I mean you know he's gonna be a freak show you uh you uh you want to talk about Denzel Ward really quick 
No. Well, no, I mean, Denzel... We'll, we'll do that in our rookie Yeah, thing. okay, cool. Uh, let me just do a few fan updates before we get to Jalen Ramsey. First one, Sims and Lufko Fantasy League. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Henry Meatloaf. Uh, the NFL, the fantasy drafts are going to start August 20th, and they're going to conclude September 4th. They've set it all up. Props to you guys. Our draft is on August 28th. We are in the Golden Spleen Conference. Ooh. Excited for that. Are I'm we like for... a team together? It's the three of us okay, managing good. one team. Thank God. We still have to come up with our name. Okay. Yeah, we got to come up with it. Yeah, okay. We could do three guys, two spleens. We could do that. I think we should do it like something more like Odell Rogers. That we should like, <laughs> combine our favorite players or something. Right, we'll call our team Odell Rogers. <laughs> Aaron Perfect. Beckham. You want to know how you know that this guy's never been in a fantasy league before? He just tried to name our team Odell Rogers. Yeah, if you want it's to come up with like a funny... Something creative. Yeah. I thought that was creative. That's Sims's takes all... They're just the best. This is going to be good. Uh, We're giving you the keys week one. You're setting the lineup. Oh, so gosh. we didn't have to do anything. We just said, hey, I'm, I'm ready to, to get all the fuck the play up submissions. Right. 130 people have officially applied to... To be the fuck the play up. I love it. Shout out to Tim Smith at uh, Timmy, Timmy Waha. Timmy Waha. Um, every team has at least one person that has submitted. Okay. Uh, Dallas, Philadelphia, New England each have like eight or nine. Well, they might need it. Dallas, Philadelphia, and who else? New England. Yeah. Dallas and Philadelphia are going to definitely need it. New England's not might not have as many, but still. So how this yeah. is going to work, yeah. Tim, again, thank you for doing this. They're going to create committees so that it's not just one person for each team if there's more. Right. They're going to all have committees. They're going to submit reports each week, and then we're going to keep track of it on the Reddit and on the social, and then when there's certain guys that you're talking about that you go, man, this guy's been great. We're going to check in with the fuck the playoff reports and, and kind of give those guys props on social and all that. Cool. So everyone cool. that signed up, awesome. 130 people volunteering to do this. It's amazing. It's a it's lot awesome. of work, guys. It's awesome. So we appreciate you guys Get doing it. Get ready to watch your film. And, yep. and one great shout out here for Internet Kyle had a great idea that we are going to implement. So Internet Kyle, you're the man. He said him and his dad were talking. He had a good idea. Yep. For the off-season awards next year. Right. We should have an award called the Thiesman that we award to the best legs and ass of the rookie coming out. So I, I think I'm willing to adopt this. Yep. That next year, whichever rookie we deem to have the best legs and ass, we will give out our new award called the Thiesman. As in Joe Thiesman. No. Oh, Chris. As in a Heisman. <laughs> Heisman that's okay. got thighs. I get you. That's why I he- don't know when you get it or not. <laughs> I didn't know. But it's still funny that it's Thiesman. Yeah. And his name is Thiesman, but they change it. Yeah, this is spelled to rhyme with the Heisman. You're right. They change it. Speaking of which. Yes. And he broke his leg in the most gruesome thing I've ever seen growing up. So I just, my mind went there. Steven Nelson used to say this all the time that it's Mariota. So I think that's one name that we need to work on. Okay. Mariota. But the other one that was a big story this year was the quarterback for the Browns, Mr. Taylor. Tyrod Taylor? Not Tyrod. Tarod. Tarod. Yes. Damn. It's kind of like Terrell. No. Ter- yeah, Terrell Owens. Tarod. Tarod. Tarod Not Taylor. Tyrod. Damn. I haven't heard him correct anybody ever. Apparently it's a thing. I was watching and, people and online. it is Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Tarod Taylor. Moriota. Man. Tyrod sounds a lot better than Tyrod sounds Ty God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like, yeah, I don't, Tarod, but okay, cool. So I'll call him, I, say, I say we do this. If Tarod's here, we call him Tarod. If he's not, we call him Tyrod. Perfect. <laughs> cool that? Great plan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to know. You don't know. He might he's be listening. A, he's, he might be a listener. 
All right, so uh, GQ had a big interview with Jalen Ramsey. I don't even know if it was an interview. They just started saying quarterbacks' names, and he just started ripping. Um, I wonder if they were planning to write an actual article, and then once he started talking, they were like, yeah, we'll just transcribe the quotes, and that's it. There, the article bookended all of the quarterback shit-talking. I just wasn't interested in yeah. it. It was just like, yeah, I get it from my dad. Okay, whatever. So shout-out to Clay Skipper of GQ for getting all of this. One of my favorite parts, though, is once he started getting on a roll, he literally said, look, I got to go down the list of NFL teams. I want to make sure I'm hitting on all the good quarterbacks. He pulled up the pulled teams. Up the teams. Jalen Ramsey pulled up he the pulled teams. Up the teams. Uh, I, that's copyright infringement, Jalen. He, he picked up his phone and just started scrolling through the teams. So he it. did that. I love it. But it really started with Josh Allen. So okay. here's how I think we're going to do this. Right. Uh, Fendrick is going to be Jalen Ramsey, and he's going to kind of give the takes. And I want to see how many of the takes we actually agreed with. Okay, yeah. So we're going to kind of add them up. But it, it mainly started in the guy that's already responded is Josh Allen. I love jo- Jalen Ramsey first. First of all, okay. Yes. I, I know some of these takes. I don't, I'm not going to say I agree with all of them, but I don't, I don't. I just love that he doesn't give a damn about any of these people. He's willing to be the enemy of the Have people. Have you ever seen anything like this? Like a so takedown of yes. the entire NFL? I'm wondering if this is a new ACL epidemic thing where it's going to be repetitive and I have to keep track on it. This happened last year with the Bennett brothers. Member, yeah. they crapped on Jay Cutler. They talked about Tom Brady, but were they a systematic? I'm going to go through every quarterback. That was, no, not no, as that much, was more, but they definitely they, had some. The person was saying names to them. Okay, Jalen just took it and said, "Let me just yeah, get everything out." Yeah. Right. yeah, but you know, those are the guys we love. We love the Michael Bennetts. We yes. love the Jalen Ramsey's. Of course. Yeah. I want I want Jalen Ramsey to hate every person that's on the offense. That's football. his job. It's just more fun to watch him like that. And man, it's just amazing to watch players get flustered by him when they cover him. He gets them personal, like he did with AJ Green. I yes. mean AJ Green came up behind him and chokeslammed him from behind. Like that's when you know players are frustrated. Like you're not even gonna man up against you like face to face. He's just like the hell with it. I'm taking him down. I don't care if he's looking. Yeah. I don't care if people think I'm a jerk for taking him down. Why he's not looking? He's that much of a jerk. You know that you're great when you have no fear to say these things. Right. No doubt. It's it's only those guys that really can ever say that. Like you know, Dion wasn't like attacking people, but he always talked because he could talk because he was like, "Damn, I cover everybody and nobody ever gets open." Do you think like we're gonna get to all these all yeah. these uh, examples? Yeah. But if if Jalen Ramsey said something about you, right. like let's say he said Chris Sims is trash, he's really not that good, he's yeah. a system quarterback, blah blah right. blah. The week of. Are you going to go to your OC and go, I want to draw up some schemes to take a shot and put Ramsey on an island and, and really set something up? Like, are you going to... like As a player. I yeah. feel like usually in those kind of scenarios, the offensive coordinator does it for you. He gets pissed because he's like, how dare he fucking called out my quarterback? Sorry for the second F word, but deal with it. Okay? So he goes, how dare? So he usually, more times than not, when things like that happen, the team would go out of the way to help out the player who got trashed by the other player. And they might find two or three plays to go, let's try to screw over Jalen Ramsey this week. And now he's going to have a bullseye on him for that kind of stuff. Because there are teams that are going to go. But Jalen's the kind of guy where I feel like he's, he's like, gonna yes, welcome you're going to finally throw at me. Yeah, right. But uh, my other question is, like, yeah. so Josh Allen, which we're going to get to in a second, came out afterwards and said he's not my teammate, I don't care. Yeah. Should these quarterbacks, should they expect their teammates on social to defend them at all? Or I, is it more we're just focus on your own shit? Yeah, right just now? go. If 
you play with them and play against them and that week comes up and if the players on the team want to defend them then sure but don't yeah. don't get in the no nonsense conversation okay. either way but and you know let's just start there with the Josh Allen thing well, can we start there so Josh yeah. is going to read oh, yeah, every yeah. all right so here's what Jalen had what to time say. should I tell we're going to we'll get to big Phil all right just got to tell him because you know he's got nothing to do but he wants to act like he has a schedule all right let us go ahead ready okay yep. here we go I think Allen is trash. I don't care what nobody say. He's trash, and it's going to show, too. That's a stupid draft pick to me. We played him this year, and I'm excited as hell. I hope he's their starting quarterback. He played at Wyoming. Every time he played a big school, like they played Iowa State, which is not a big school in my opinion because I went to Florida State. They played he, Iowa. but Yeah, he must, uh, they, they addressed that in the article. He threw five interceptions, and they lost by a couple touchdowns or something like that. He never beat a big school. If you look at his games against big schools, it was always hella interceptions, hella turnovers. Turnovers. It's like, yo, if you're this good, why couldn't you do better? He fits that mold. He's a big, tall quarterback. Big arm, supposedly. I don't see it personally. End quote. So I look at this first. What's your take? Go ahead. Just say I, I was just going to say that uh, this is one that I think Jalen is kind of speaking and he doesn't know because he's actually never faced them. Yeah. All the other ones, I feel like he's watched game film. This to me is he read a bunch of draft scouting stuff. He's been on Twitter. It would be like, first of all, we know he didn't watch any film of Josh Allen. It'd be like me holding Jalen Ramsey responsible for going 3-13 and 13 as a rookie and going, he was trash. Why he couldn't win a game? They they're, they're, they were three and thirteen. He was the top ten pick. Why wouldn't they better? I mean, he's Jalen Ramsey. He should have been able to make the Jaguars better. This quote followed a quote where he said, "I don't understand why Lamar Jackson didn't go higher," right. and I felt like that was the vitriol there. Right. He was actually upset that Lamar didn't go higher, and the guy he picked was Josh Allen. Yes. that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. I, so I'm going to yeah. put this in the disagree with Jalen category. Well, I just don't think it's fair. You know, like this. Ooh, is, so I'm going to put that in the not fair. I don't category. think it's fair because one, he doesn't evaluate. He hasn't evaluated. Like, what did he do against big school? Okay, so then, but see, my argument to that would be for a guy that you haven't really played or got, seen what he did in the NFL. Like again, so am I going to say Jalen Ramsey played like crap when Ben Roethlisberger threw for 469 yards and five touchdowns and one interception in the playoff game? Because he must have played like crap. Ben Ben tore them apart. Let's get to Ben so, Roethlisberger. But that's, so that's where I don't understand it. So, so you're holding, he's putting the, all the blame on the quarterback, to and he's me, making was, it a one man one man thing. To me, that was his worst analysis. Yeah, right. Because I there's love nothing taking to, this serious. No, too. but there's nothing to an, 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 analyze yet at this all point. Right, that's exactly. where it's wrong. So here's what right. he had to say about Big Ben. Let's but get to but that. I understand the common thought about Josh Allen out there. I mean, I get it. I just think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Big Ben quote: "I think he's decent at best." It's not Big Ben. It's Antonio Brown. Big Ben slings the ball a lot of the time. He just slings it, and his receivers go get it. He is a strong arm, but he ain't all that. I played him twice last year, and he really disappointed me. He'll be in the Hall of Fame and all that. End quote. Yeah, I mean, that to me, it's like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. First of all, he threw for 469 yards and five touchdowns. And, um, I mean... You know, a lot of those ended up being on A.J. Bouya, where I could argue, also argue, man, maybe, I mean, if I really wanted to be a jerk here, which I don't believe this statement, but I could go, A.J. Bouya is the best corner on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why are you even talking? PFF had him the number one rated corner, right? Wasn't he number one and Jalen's, what, two or three? I don't know. Either way. I don't watch, I but whatever. I just, I, I don't know why you would take that shot at Ben Roethlisberger, the guy that basically kept 
his team in the game. Come on, let's get into his head. The reason he's throws. doing that is because he threw two pick sixes against Jacksonville. Sure. And he was awful in that first game. He was. Now, the second game, yeah. to, to say that those throws were his receivers just going to get it is minimizing. Antonio Brown was not open one time the whole game. So that's where I would push back and go, no, if, if Antonio Brown had no arms and no hands and he just opened up his pockets, those balls were going to fall in his pocket. Yes. So that's just an erroneous statement altogether. To me, that's where it sounded like a personal because he must like Antonio. He got the Josh Allen. He likes Tyrod Taylor. So he's mad about that mix up that they've traded Tyrod Taylor for a Josh Allen pick. That's where I feel like personal got into this a little bit. Hey, they got the best of Big Ben the first time around. Big Ben got the best of them the second time around. I mean, that game should have been over a long, long time before that. They yes. were up 28-7. to seven. Quarterbacks right. that don't suck next. Yeah, so you have a, a not fair and one disagree. So yeah. the guy asked, who, yeah. do you, who do you think that doesn't suck? Right. So here's what he said. Quote, Aaron Rodgers does not. Tom Brady doesn't. I got to think now about all the teams. I think Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback for their team. I think Terod Taylor is actually a better quarterback than he gets credit for because he doesn't make mistakes. He's honestly a Marcus Mariota type player where he manages a game really well. But see, that's where I, I would push back against that whole comment. Marcus Mariota has been a human turnover since he's been a quarterback in the NFL. 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He's le- he's a league leader in fumbles the last two years. So that's he's wrong with that statement. So he he finished the quote by saying he it's always because they lost to him twice last year. This right. is about uh, Tarad. He always has them at least in position to be in the game late in the game. Yeah, he doesn't have turnovers that often. Mm-hmm. That's really all you need, especially if you get a good defense. Sure. Okay, so he says that Rodgers doesn't suck and Brady doesn't suck. We agree with that. <laughs> we agree with that. Okay, good, good analysis, Jalen. Right. Okay, uh, Mariota and Tarad. Yeah, what do you think about? Those well, I two. think he's right about his assessment with Tyrod. He doesn't get the credit he Tyrod. deserves. Tyrod, sorry. He doesn't get the d- credit he deserves. So you he agree with have, that? I do. I agree with it. What yes. about Mario, Mario Todd? I think Mariota, he's being conscious of a guy that's in his division that, like Josh said, has beaten them twice last year. And he's not trying to ruffle the feathers of that. Of that. I think that got in the way so of that assessment. I'm going to put this in right. the rare. Jalen Ramsey is being like... A little PR. political with that one. Political. Yes. Okay, so right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one political. So we gotta disagree, we gotta not fair. Not right. fair was to Josh Allen. Right. And then a political to Mariota. Interesting. Yes. All right. Jimmy G. Wait, 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 but just before you go there, hold on a second. Because I just I wanna just make sure and make sure we clarify. Mariota in three seasons has thirty four interceptions. Thank you. Yeah. I mean he's the twenty seventh ranked and quarterback he has 11 in football fumbles. last year. In his right. career. So I don't know where that ranks. It, it's it's bad. I'm just telling you. I don't know either, but I can just tell you people. So that's that's my problem with that comment there. But either way, go ahead. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I don't know yet. Just because when they beat us, his hype picked up. They were like, he beat the number one defense. It was all schemes. He didn't beat us. It wasn't like he diced us up. It was literally all schemes. They were doing flat routes to the wide open fullback, and he's running for 20 yards down the field four times during the game. So he didn't really dice us up. It was their fullback and their tight end on over routes. But if you know how to work within your scheme, then it means you're good. I guess you could say he's good. Kyle. Kyle. (laughs) Sorry. End quote. Kyle. All right. So then go into that. Like, okay, yes. So, I mean, I agree. agree. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is overrated at this point. I still still think he's going to be very good. Yes. I think, really, at the end of the year. I think that quote was 100% accurate. But I think it's 100% accurate as well. That was your analysis after the game. No doubt about it. I mean, Kyle exposed the scheme of that defense. And, you know, I think to add to that point, too, what he says about Rodgers and Brady. Yeah. I mean, we know about Rodgers' offense. It's like a preschool offense. And he got to play him, I think, is what, his rookie year? Or either way, he's the first game of the season last year. Right. 
Right. So he's seen Rodgers go I mean, with these basic plays, just make throws that were like ridiculous. And Brady, the same thing. Brady made some unbelievable throws in that AFC Championship game to where it's not the scheme. It was actually the physical ability of the player. Mm. And I'm sure he respects that. He feels very similar about Jared Goff. Let's go yep. to Jared Goff. All right, here we go. Jared Goff, quote, he's average to above average. And hold on. Let me just say this. Sims, your take on Jared Goff is that you kind of believe he's a little bit of a system guy. You believe that he is good, but he's not in the upper tier of quarterbacks athletically. No, he's one of the. I think he's one of the worst first picks of the draft in the history of the sport. Like I don't mean to like say that, but he's, he does, there's nothing that about him physically that jumps off the board. Let's see if Jalen agrees. He's average to above average. He reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit. Year one, he wasn't good. He wasn't even good enough to earn his own starting role. Like if you the number one pick, you expect to start now. Period. He wasn't ready to do that. He wasn't able to do that. Then when he did get in, he didn't really do that good. But in his second year, they got a new offensive coordinator. Your offensive coordinator is just your brainiac. When we played them, it felt like his offensive coordinator was drawing up perfect plays and he was hitting the open man. For what his team asked him to do, yeah, he's good, end quote. Is Jalen Ramsey listening to the podcast? I, I mean, he, I, I feel like he is. He might so be. So that's 100% agree. Right. Some of these, the but more... some of these are, are plain as day. Like, we're going to get into yeah, it. But it's more. not plain as day for I, everybody else. I, I know. So people know. go, oh, Jalen's this asshole, and we're going, no, we've been saying this the entire time. Right. I don't want to be, I don't want to get excuses. I agree with Jalen 100% on Jared Goff. And, and apparently, people are going to say that this is crazy. I think he's spot on, and I'm happy somebody's saying it. Yeah, right. It is. It's nice to hear players say it. this. Is I mean, this, uh, there's a lot of people you that think this. You say things, but... and you think it's normal, and right. I need you to understand that the rest of the world thinks you're fucking crazy. Yeah, well, I know, because I can't listen to those people, because they're crazy, and they don't know what they're talking about, so I just listen to me. So this is, I my... mean, that analysis of Jared Goff right. well, is 100% what you always say. No doubt about it. Yeah, and then, and then let's just think about the game when they played a man-to-man. I mean, first of all, when they played them, Jared Goff was 11 for 21 for 124 yards and a touchdown. That was the they game, if you remember, the kick touchdown. return. They blocked a punt, remember, right. and gave him the short field. Let me just see if there's anything. Uh, Zerline had a 56-yard field goal. Right. Um, and, yeah, the touchdown came off the block punt. And then Zerline had another one. And and then a, he had a four-yard touchdown pass to Gerald and, Everett. And Todd Gurley played pretty well, had a few big runs. Yes, exactly right. So you so, agree with Jared Goff completely. I mean, yes. And Jared Goff might prove us wrong. And he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But, yes, yeah, I'm just – what he is saying and what I have always said is – you could put definitely the top 25 quarterbacks in football in the Rams offense, and they would have thrown for 28 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. And I would say that if you put the top 10 quarterbacks, maybe the top 14 quarterbacks in the Rams offense from last year, it would have been more like 40 and seven or 40 and eight. It would have been a totally different game. People just look at the bottom line and go, oh, that's good. And man, it goes back to our old thing. What was there to be had? And there was so much there to be had yes. in a lot of those games with Jared Goff, and it didn't happen. So I want to say this because I know we're going to get to Bortles later and like Matt Ryan and I know that a lot of people say that we're hating on certain people. I want to explain the reason why we get this way. The reason is is when Jared Goff comes in at the seventh most likely to win the MVP and everyone out there is writing these glowing articles we kind of feel like it's our job to go stop miseducating people because you tell people that Jared Goff is better than Matt Stafford you're hurting people's brains. Why don't we go to Stafford? Well, they're just lying All right, flat out wrong. Wow, he said he said Stafford, too. Matt like Stafford. Oh, he did everybody. All right, so Matt Stafford, quote, I think he's straight. I don't think he's the best quarterback out there, but he does what he's got to do. Yeah, and he hasn't had to play him yet, really, has he? I don't I, think I, so. I, I don't think so. Um, 
Hey, uh, I but don't he's, know. He's straight. But obviously he's seen enough to go, okay. He's good. Right. I mean, Matthew Stafford's one of those guys that I don't think people are really know about him until they go, oh, we have to play him. And now or, the coach showed us the third down reel. And you go, holy shit, I didn't realize he makes this many amazing throws mm. all the time. He's one of those guys. And then when you see him in person, TV doesn't do it justice with how hard the ball is spinning and coming at you with miles per hour, that's where I think people are going to go, whoa, Stafford's a lot better than Do we agree with Ramsey on that one? I think he's straight. He does what he got to do. Yeah, I think so. And he okay, didn't really say much else. more about it. You, you know, want to do I, Deshaun next? Yeah, so a little positive here. This yeah. is Deshaun and Carson Wentz. Right, here we go. I, I, I heard this one. Quote, he'll be the league MVP in a couple years, 100%. There's not even a debate about that. Him and Carson Wentz for every year starting now until five to ten years, it's going to be them two. They're that good. Yeah. I mean, agree. You agree with both of them? No, 100%. I mean, we know that. I mean, Deshaun Watson has a chance in three years to be the best quarterback in football. I think either one of those guys, you know, you know Wentz, I know they're both coming back from injuries, but every one, both of those guys, when totally healthy, have chance to be first ballot Hall of Fame type quarterbacks. Watson and Wentz. They are that talented. They are that natural at the position. They have that kind of leadership. They have it. Mm. So even though they've had such a small sample size, you can kind of extrapolate that and go, Yeah, we've seen fame. enough of Wentz now. I mean, I've seen enough of Wentz. I was impressed with him his rookie year, and he took a giant step up his second year. And people are forgetting that he carried the team the first half of the year until the team finally caught up, and then they became this well-oiled machine. And Deshaun Watson, his potential. I mean, Deshaun Watson, I mean, you could argue that that four-game run he had was as good as anybody in football last year. I don't know if anybody played better through those three or four weeks than he did. When he I mean, went up to New England. New England. The next Seattle. You know, next week in Seattle, that was jaw dropping. I mean, Kansas was, City, yeah, Kansas City was good, not great, right. uh, but yes. I mean, and then of course the big run against the Bengals that basically won them the game. He can make game changing, game winning type plays at that position, just right. like Wentz or Rodgers or Brady. You so, want to rip uh, through the page two here, left well, or quick. Stafford? Stafford can do that too. He just doesn't have enough help to always get them there to do that. Quick update: We've Russell agreed, Wilson. We've too. agreed with Ramsey eight times. Yeah, one has been not fair. Right. One we've disagreed with, and one was political. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dak, he's good. He's all right. He's okay. I'll put it that way. Zeke Elliott runs that team, though. Everything runs around Zeke. Man, spot on. I mean, Dak is good. Don't get it. Dak is definitely in the top 15 quarterbacks in football. He's not in the top 10. And I do think he's going to get better because he's big. He runs well. And he's a very accurate, pure thrower of the football. Now, again, I don't know if their stats are ever going to lead him to being like a league leader in anything. Because yep. like he said, the point is... Ezekiel Elliott was Rookie of the Year. I don't give a shit who voted for it because that was ridiculous. I mean, ah, I still can't even believe that. I mean, it was he won Rookie of the Year, and people wanted him. Those same people who voted for him for that wanted him to be benched for Tony Romo the last three weeks of the year because they didn't think he was playing well enough. But then he wins Rookie of the Year. Sorry, good. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I think he's good. I think he's a winner. He's a hell of a competitor. Coming off the play action, he's the best quarterback in the league. Play action passing, he's a hell of a quarterback. I, I think that's very fair, too. You know, Kirk is not going to wow you with his ability, but he's going to wow you with his aggressive nature, his ability to see a defense really quick and then just pull the trigger. That's what he does so well. I, I have been I have been amazed at the disrespect given to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Because Washington... It's because of the Washington because media. Because they didn't want to invest, yeah. because they negotiated poorly and didn't want to invest like $200 million, yeah. he got seen as not good. Yeah, he wasn't good for that number. Yeah. He's not Aaron. 
Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. No. But the disrespect he's gotten, it was very refreshing for me to hear someone like Jalen Ramsey come out and be like, oh, no, that guy's a baller. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is nice. And it's ridiculous. And it's all started by Washington, D.C., in that area. That's what it's really started by because – there's a faction of people that are just mad that he was the one that overtook the RG3 magic as I burp. It's disgusting. You want to tell your dad we need a few extra minutes here? It's about to get juicy. He's got nothing going on. All right. Should we want to bring him on for this one of these two? No, because he's yeah. going to talk too much. Next yeah. one, Derek Carr. Just being I, honest. Derek Carr, I think he's good. Okay. Agreed. I think so, too. Last year was a, a not a good year, right? <laughs> That's a short one. <laughs> not a good year, but he wasn't healthy. The team was dysfunctional. They had a lot of issues with the team altogether. But I think Derek Carr, yes, what we saw the first few years is the guy we're going to see once again. That, you had him at, I think, like 14, 15, or 16 on your quarterback. So that's kind of the range of good, Yes, I would right, say. right. Eli Manning. It's not really Eli. I think it's Odell Beckham. I won't say Eli's good. I, I'll say Odell's good. And their connection is good. 100%. I, I, there's very few players in football that play defense. And I mean this, and I again, I'm not... I, even when Eli was winning Super Bowls, I can promise you there was big-time players that I used to talk to in other defenses. Nobody's ever seen it with Eli. Nobody's ever thought... No player I've ever known has ever looked at Eli and held him in the regard the way the New York media does. The, the New York media and the New York fan base, who's very loyal, it's the Giants... Eli won them two Super Bowls, and he won them in stunning fashion against the evil empire of the Patriots and all that. So the, the Giant fans love him. But I can tell you around the NFL, nobody has ever looked at Eli and gone, man, I mean, he is elite. Ooh, he does all these things awesome. That's not, He's great. I mean, he's, he's been great as far as in clutch situations. He's a good thrower of the football. He's been a pretty good decision maker through his career. But at this point of his career, yes. I mean... Yeah, I had him a 38th ranked best quarterback in football, and I don't think I'm far off. I got into an argument in the bodega because right. I was wearing my Aaron Rodgers <laughs> shirt, and they were the guy goes, I don't know who the hell number 12 is, but he ain't the GOAT. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Yeah. And I was like, why? He goes, because he's got five. And I said, so you think Eli Manning is a better quarterback than Dan Marino? Yeah. That's he goes, the, the and he, killer. And he goes, and he goes, he goes, he does got two Super Bowls. And I was like, sir, what does that you matter? need to stop yeah. talking. I know. People stop talking. I just got to look at the teams. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Hall of Fame, and we're going to look at his team and go, you never played with another Hall of Famer other than Charles Woodson, right? And we're going to look at... We're gonna maybe Julius Peppers, but that was at year twelve of his career. Is Clay okay. Matthews a possible? Probably player? not. I mean, he's gonna be an NFL legend. But you know, people forget that like Moss's first ballot Hall of Fame. Rob Gronkowski is gonna be first ballot Hall of Fame. Wes Welker is the greatest slot receiver we've seen since slot receivers were invented. Okay. Uh, he's had tremendous offensive line play around him. Was All Corey, defense was Corey Dillon not good? Richard Seymour's a Hall of Fame player. Vince Wilfork's a Hall of Fame player. Ty Law is a Hall of Fame player. And you haven't mentioned the coach or the coordinator. That's what I mean. And, so, and the coach will be a Hall of Fame right. coach. I mean, they might name Bob the Kraft whole, is going to get in the Hall of that's Fame, what, they too. Might, they might name the league after Belichick in 30 years. They might just call it Bill Belichick. Like, the Vince gonna, Lombardi and, and Bill Belichick, Belichick I mean. trophy. So that's where I get annoyed with that whole conversation because like, I'm so sick of hearing, oh, Brady does it by himself. Yeah, Brady's had some teams that have not had the star power and they've done really well. I don't think Robert Ory's mentioned enough in the greatest NBA player of all time. He's got seven rings. I, right. That's the. I, I don't hear know. You. I hear Russell you. Wilson. Russell's good. I think he's a really good leader, too. It's a short one. 
Mm, that is a short one. But I can't, I, he sees that Russell Wilson's good. I hear you. I agree. Yeah. All right. I um, mean, Russell tore their butt up, too, a little bit, didn't he? Drew Brees. He had some success. Yeah. I'm a fan of Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is really good, even at this age. He still runs everything. Yeah. I mean, he, he does, certainly. You know, again... Um, yeah, Drew Brees is still really good at this age, certainly. He's another guy, though, that I would have loved to hear him say, like, the offense is awesome, and all those things have to go into that conversation, too. I mean, Sean Payton's going to go down in history as one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the sport. So is that an agree or a disagree? No, that's an agree. Okay. Agree. All right. Yeah. Andrew Luck, I don't really think he's that good. Him and T.Y. Hilton had a connection in the past that made him stand out a little bit more, but I don't think he's good. Hmm. I mean, he hasn't played Andrew Luck yet, has he? So that's where that, I would just I would push back against that, right? Um, is this a not fair, a disagree? I mean, I totally disagree with that one. Okay. I mean, Andrew Luck when he is when he is playing and healthy, he's in I'm the, looking it up, Simpson. He's in the conversation for one of the five best in the sport. You know, I mean, I don't know. He doesn't play; they go four and twelve. Okay, uh, 2016. What he played? He played that year pretty banged up, right? Um, I'm just trying to look through that either, either way. I mean, his stats in that year were all good. I mean, he beat Jacksonville that last year in the last game of the year. But, man, I just, yeah, I don't believe that statement. I mean, Andrew Luck is a game changer. Again, Andrew Luck went to the playoffs his first three years there. With nobody. With who? Tell me who was on those teams. Who was on the defense? Right. I yeah. mean, it's just it's nothing. So, yeah, I don't agree with that one. Phillip Rivers, quote, I think he's pretty good, end quote. Yeah, I mean, he is. And I think uh, the one thing that goes unnoticed, you know, about Phillip Rivers, first of all, he is really good. The offense is pretty good. But I would argue that Phillip Rivers' wide receiving core and people around him are as good as anybody in football. I mean, think about it. It's, 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 uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. It's Tyrell Williams. It's uh, Travis, Travis Benjamin. Benjamin. It's Mike Williams is coming. It's Ty Williams who's really good. It's been good tight end play. Antonio Gates. I mean, Hunter Henry, I would I would say that some Gordon. of the like. I, I said the other day, I think it's one of the best units in football. The wide receiving core. The yeah, wide they're receiving like four core or five for the Chargers. They're yeah. Right. They're like the whole unit is phenomenal. All right. Ready for this? Yeah. Atlanta. Chris Matt Ryan. Oh. No. So he asked the first question. Yeah, too. I know. Okay. Yeah. So the question was, what's the Atlanta no, quarterback's no, name? No, no, no. Jalen Ramsey oh, looked he didn't at the know reporter and said, what's the Atlanta's quarterback's name? And then the reporter said, Matt Ryan. And he said, oh. Okay. So here's the Matt Ryan quote. I think Matt Ryan's overrated. You can't tell me you win MVP two years ago, and then last year you were complete bust, and you still got Julio Jones. There's no way that should ever happen. I don't care. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Shanahan left, went to San Francisco, got Garoppolo, made Garoppolo this big thing, and now Garoppolo is a big name, and now Matt Ryan has this bad year. All right, well, was it really you, or was it your coach? He was doing what was asked of him, and it was making him look really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we could agree with anything more. Yeah. I mean, I think Matt Ryan's a good player, okay? Matt Ryan had a good year last he, year. It was actually the best he's played in a it's long time. It's the best he's played with having to do things with just his physical ability. That's where I would say with that. But yes, I mean, again, we're, I know we sound like haters on him, but he is. It's just the way it is. He's a little overrated in the public eye because of the numbers and everything like that. And I think a lot of people look at it and just go... Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones is the guy in that offense. There's no doubt. And I'm so sick of hearing about Julio Jones and no touchdowns. The reason he has no touchdowns is because their red zone offense stinks, and Matt Ryan can't make special throws that you need to make inside the red zone, like a Brady or a Rodgers or a Deshaun Watson who can scramble and then throw a 105-mile-per-hour fastball 30 yards through the middle of the defense into a tiny little keyhole. He can't do that. So that's why Julio Jones' touchdowns fall off. 
You know, if Julio doesn't catch the slant and break six tackles and run for another 60 yards, he's not going to score a touchdown because Matt Ryan's not great at some of those red zone type throws. I think when you look at a lot of Jalen's analysis too, he's he he like when he's talking about. Um, some of these players he talks about the, like he talks about Zeke when you ask about Dak he talks about Odell when you ask about Eli yeah. he talks about Antonio Brown when you talk about Big Ben right. and this kind of aligns with what we've always said yeah. which is the quarterback's not always the most important no. person I think that's why he's going off on this because he's probably so sick of hearing about quarterbacks which I understand if I was defense I'd be like man screw these quarterbacks this, they, all the, they they're the reason we win that's that's the only reason go ahead one left yeah one left portals Blake Bortles, quote, Blake do what he got to do. I think in crunch time moments like last year's playoff game, not as a team because we would have trusted him, but I think as an organization, we should have trusted him more to keep throwing it. We kind of got complacent and conservative, and I think that's why we lost. We started running it on first and second down, throwing it on third down every single time we were out there. The Patriots caught on to that. The reporter followed up and said, how much trouble do you guys give him in practice? And Jalen responded, we never go against him unless it's training camp. We never go against them in practice during the season. Reporter follows up and says, they go against the twos. And Jalen responded, yeah, the scout team. Plus, we don't want to hurt his confidence. That'll probably hurt his confidence. I mean, it goes in line with everything. Is that common? Yeah, that was the first thing I said. For was, ones not to face ones? Not, yeah, it is. It is pretty common. Like, you go a little bit through the season, but it's not a whole lot. No. Like, a lot of the times, the only times you're going to go against ones, because you're not preparing against your defense anymore, right? So what happens a lot of times is... You're going against scout you're team. You're going against scout team. Or even the scout team, though, can be the starters a lot of the times. Real, like, New England would have some of their starters run some of the scout team things for a few plays and go like, hey, just get out here. It gets them some reps. It's drawn on a card. Everybody's got some of these coverages we're putting on, so it's not like you're getting a dead rep. And they just do whatever's and on the card. And they might do four or five reps, and then you get the scout teamers and second guys in there that can get some reps too. But that is common. But, I mean, it just goes in line with what we've always – I mean, nobody ever really talks much about – he Blake also went on to say this. Ability. Playoff Blake is good. People can say whatever they want, but playoff Blake is good. Mm. I think that's how it is with a lot of teams. As long as you do what the team is asking you to do, as well as the rest of the team, then you could be considered good. I felt like this was... I felt like he was trying to tell us that he wasn't good. But I could tell that he's still defending him. This one, I, I, I either don't agree with or it's political. Which well, one it's is his it? quarterback of his, it's political. political. It's a quarterback of his own damn team. He is telling you. If he was really thought he was a baller, he'd be like, man, Blake Borles is really good. I don't know what everybody's thinking. He makes these throws and these plays every week. And pra- he would have said that. He he skated around the issue. Oh, we got to trust him more. I mean, for him you know, willing to say that it would shake his confidence to face us in practice. Man, the big thing is where I think he's missing in the conversation about the New England thing is more than they didn't have trust in him because of some of the games they lost during the year. He lost their trust with some bad plays down the stretch. They got to the AFC Championship by not letting Blake Bortles do things like that. That's what they did. So I mean, they stayed about the with the Bills script. game. Right. They, they stayed with the script of what got them there, and that's what carried over the AFC Championship game. And they were like, damn, we're not going to give him the ball with 55 seconds left and let him throw an interception or something like this when we've dominated the whole first half, right. and then we go in with a bad taste in our mouth. I know it's unfair that I wanted him to be honest about Bortles, but for me it's tough because it's like you had one, two, three, four, five, 21 quarterbacks you went through, right? 
And you were honest about all of them. Yeah. And then it just felt like so dishonest. But I know it's his it's teammate. His, yeah, I know his it's teammate. his teammate. Right. But you're Mr. Honesty, but it's almost Let's like... Let's call my dad just to get him going. Call him, but keep going. It, to me, it's Call just, the house, Matt. To me, it's just a little crazy because it's like... You're willing to put your name on it, which one I applaud because yeah. most guys wouldn't do this. We agreed with him on 16 of the 21. Yeah. We thought one wasn't fair, right. Josh Allen. We thought two we disagreed, Big Ben and Andrew Luck, right. and two were political, right. Mariota and Bortles. Right. His analysis of quarterbacks is actually spot on. I mean, he's a smart kid. Yes. There's no doubt I about just, it. I just wanted him to take it to Bortles. I know, but he's not going to do that. He wants to win a Super Bowl, and he doesn't want to have to fight the offensive line in the locker room the minute he gives up one big... What's up, Big Phil? Hey. Hey, have you, up. Phil? Have you ever had someone say, like, a teammate speak bad of you in the public? Like, have you ever watched that happen on a team or teammates in general? Well, I've had a lot of players talk bad about me publicly, so I don't know. Like teammates, like people that were on the Giants when you were playing? Um, no, I don't think okay. we. No, um, I'm just trying to think, but especially in the Parcells era. Oh yeah, nobody era. was talking. So that you know that was just. Not even thought of. In fact, he made everybody be afraid to talk to the press. And he had two rookies one time after a preseason game, given all these interviews and everything. And I'm not going to tell you the names right now. But he says the next day in the meeting, he says, so-and-so and so-and-so stand up. Who in the hell made you two the team spokesman for this team? We won before your ass got here, and we'll win without you. If I hear another effing word from either one of you the rest of the time, I'll get rid of you. So there you go. So that so that took care of all the how we talk to the press stuff. So, Phil, what we're talking about is Jalen Ramsey was doing an interview with GQ, and he right. pretty much talked his opinions about 21 quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. You know Tom Coughlin really well. He just suspended Ramsey a week for, like, tweeting things. Right. How is how is Tom going to react to arguably the best player on his team and maybe the best cornerback in the league saying this? Is he going to be like, oh, I want him to be confident, or is he going to kind of like discipline him again? Well, I think the suspension is going to take care of it. We always say Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin. Let's don't forget, uh, there's another guy that's just a younger Tom Coughlin down there. His name's Doug Marone. Right. I mean, this team went nine straight days in full pads at training camp. What what other team in the NFL did that or has right. done that? Right. And any other team did it. We we would have an all out alert and you know guys crying and the, and the media writing, oh they can't do this and whatever. So to me, it's point. just the balance. Like I think about Parcells and LT, where you guys have always said you need to let him do his thing because that's him. And I feel like the Jaguars kind of have to let Jalen Ramsey talk, yes. or else he'd feel like he's being kind of caged in. Yeah. Well, I, I listen. I think they understand it's different now. We always and I talk about you know the old days. It's different. I I I get it, but uh, sometimes it can go overboard. Uh, I, they took it as going overboard. And it, listen, come on. I, I don't know what to say. It's it's um, it, it. I'm kind of fine with it, but it's a little mean spirited too. In other words, it is. And, 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 you know, come on, don't, don't do that to yourself. Now, everybody, maybe that's what he wanted. You know, I was driving home, listening on the radio, and somebody says, well, you know, this will probably get him a few commercials, 
and this will really give him a platform and give him an identity and all this stuff. And I just sit there, you know, you're right. It brings more attention to him. It makes him more viable or sellable to advertisers. It, you know, that, that's that's the world now. It could but, be. I, I will say this. I don't think he's that guy. I think he loves football so much, and he's that passionate about it, and he just wants to crap on everybody, and he ain't afraid to be the enemy <laughs> of the people. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you there, yeah. son, because he is unbelievable, and I mean this in, only in a good phrase. He is a dog out there. He you is. know what I mean? I mean, yes. he just – everybody – he has no respect for any receiver he sees. Right. And, you, you know, that there's just a handful of guys in the league. When you're a quarterback, you always got to know where they're at. And when you throw to their side, you're extra careful. And you really try not to throw at them. Yeah, and, right. You know, and it, so what's the difference? I got to throw at A.J. Bouye. So, yeah. But yeah. it is a difference. And uh, Jalen Ramsey is right up there with – you know, four or five guys I can name in the league. You know, Deion Sanders, of course, was one. You know, in my day, it was... Um, Daryl Green. Daryl Green, yes, absolutely. I mean, my God, we had a direct order. If you throw one pass at his side the whole game, I will take you out right away. Well, yeah, didn't... Wait, just and clarify this, because I think so, and I think I've heard you say this before, but didn't you say you used to not even be able to double move Daryl Green? You'd have to do triple moves, because he'd be... He'd already... He'd, he was so fast that he would catch up on the double move, so that's what started you guys on the out and up and then the comeback, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No question. No question. Wow. If you double-moved him and fold him, you, he would outrun the football. Right. That's. I'll never forget, we threw a pass. To, well, this is not a good example. I threw one over the middle to Maurice Carthon. Yeah. And I swear to you, right down the middle of the field at RFK, he had I, about a 30-yard hit. I was start. there. I remember. I you was there. there. Yeah, that's right. And Maurice Carthon, the whole time he's running, he's got two <laughs> hands on the ball protected because he goes, I know Daryl Green's closing fast. Right. And it was like, it, it was amazing. He ran him down in like 20 yards. So, but there were guys like that, Michael Haynes, you know, in his, in his heyday. Yeah. Um, just guys that, hey, Aqib Tlaib, when he was at the top of his game, Darrell Revis. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, not only are they physically good, and, and you talk about all this thing, but they're mentally really good. Right. They know how to bait you. You know, oh, go ahead and throw that out. You can have a one or two, as Aqib mm-hmm. Tlaib told me. And he says, all right. A feel. I'll give them one or two, but that third one's going to the house. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> D'Angelo Hall said the same thing. Yes, he was going to let you guys. That? D'Angelo Hall, right? He yeah. was going to he was going to let Chris throw the out and be like, get real comfortable with that out. Yeah, he was talking about it because you know I think like a quarter of my career interceptions went to D'Angelo Hall. So. Oh. We, so we're, we were talking to him last week, but but uh, you know it's true. They yeah. do. He goes, yeah. You know, you got to think about think what a corner's thinking. Okay, I'll give you a couple out cuts, right. but now I got to read on it and I feel it or whatever, and yep. then they're they're going to go for one. And so what? You hit four or five of those out cuts, but the one you throw an interception on 
if it's to a corner, it's usually full speed the other way. So, Big Phil, in the last podcast, one of our fans asked, when you're at a home game, do you stay at a hotel or you're home the night before? And Chris was saying that when he was playing, you'd still stay at a hotel, but that when you were playing, you had, Chris, you thought it was crazy that... Well, Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves changed the rule for you, right, Dad, where you got to right. stay, stay home those years. And right, Chris, was saying, home. Chris was saying it was so weird because, like, here you are focused for the game, and Chris is like, hey, Dad, want to watch college football tonight? Like, do you remember... <laughs> Remember, Chris, those, those Saturday nights before the games? Absolutely. They were great. Yeah, really? they were. No, they were great. Yeah, to watch. What do you think I was going to do at the hotel anyway? Yeah. You know, the, the playbook was done. I wasn't going to sit in there and study anymore. My God, there's nothing to learn on Saturday night. If I have to learn something on Saturday night, then we're gonna, I'm not going to do well anyway. Right. But I remember staying home. I just loved it. And just sitting there watching, having dinner with the family and not having that, you know, looking at the clock the whole time during the afternoon. Okay, I've got to leave at 6.15. Right. It's 4 o'clock. for two hours. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. Well, all right. So we're on this subject. I was going to go somewhere else. But all right. So then you got to stay home. And this is the best part of the year. He wakes up on a November day. Right. And you got to play the Arizona Cardinals back in that day. Yes. So go ahead. Just tell the story uh, of that day and how you woke up and how everything went from there. What? Well, first off, that day like, you were playing in whatever they call the, it. The, the Pee Wee Championship, right. I was so, the MVP. I played good. Nice. Yeah, I said, Diana, what are you going to do? Yeah, you played really well. And, of course, the game that you played in, a lot of those guys went on to play major college football, too, yeah, which yes, is amazing they did. At, yes. at that age. But um, I said, Diana, you coming to my game? No. I'm going to see him, Christopher. I said, okay. I, of course, I already knew where I stood. But that was the morning I woke up, sat on the edge of the bed, and went, oh, my God, I had equilibrium problems, to say the least. And I could not sit up. I could not get up and walk across the room. And I said, Diana, I don't think I can play today. And, you know, Tell, go ahead, be, tell it all. Well, she goes, bullshit, you're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty she Diana? Goes, you're going to be, I said, I can't move. The, the room is spinning. I'm ready to throw up. I can remember hearing you walk down the hallway and he like hit the side of the wall because he lost his balance. And I was like, oh, man, oh, yeah, is... I really couldn't right. walk straight. So I walk, it takes me a minute to walk five feet into the bathroom. And I stood there and I went, oh my gosh. She goes, okay. I'm going to call the trainer, Ronnie Barnes. I called him, and she, my wife called him and said, okay, she said to get you down there as soon as possible. So they got me down there. Um, I can't remember if they gave me an IV. They gave me some medicine. I laid there. I felt a little better. As you remember that day, the good thing was it was kind of a nice October or November yeah, day. It November was. probably. Right. And there was a little mist in the air. Or whatever. Yeah, it was, was. kind of cool. It was perfect, and I played and played well. I made some throws to win the game at the very end. Right. But if I got touched at all, the field and stadium would start spinning on me like in circles. And I'd be like, oh man, I'm gonna throw up. And I had to grab my knees. I can watch the tape. I bet it's on there. Every time I got touched, I had to stand up, put my hands on my knees, and breathe and Finally, my eyes would come back into focus, and um, I'd go ahead and play. 
Right. And, you know, looking back, maybe I needed that more because I really threw the ball really well that day. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's funny how days like that because now you don't think about little things, I feel like, sometimes. Like when I lost my spleen in that game, I, wasn't, I was, like, worried about just surviving. I wasn't always like, stressing about, oh, did I get this blitz right or whatever else. It can do that to you. So it, it sounds like it Phil true. had vertigo. Yeah. It, it, it is true, though. And, Adam, think about, you know, we always hear – Michael Jordan is sick. Oh my God, I'm going to go bet heavy because he, he, you know, because I knew he was going to play well. You know, that he, which he did in playoffs and right. big games. Oh, we don't think he's going to play, but he does, and he just goes. Out. Because there is something to that, and it's because mm. the out. You, you're, you're like you said, Christopher. You're so focused on one thing, right? You're not thinking about anything else, and it really just the zero in or whatever you want to call it, zero in what you got to do. That is, that is real, and it works. That, and then to, awesome. to finish the story, okay, before we be, – so so this is back in the day. There's no cell phone. So, like, if Bill Parcells called the house, like, I might answer the phone and be like, Dad, Parcells is on the phone. But the newspaper people used to call the house, too. So Steve Serby, Dad, was he working for the Daily News at that time? Well, probably with the New York Post. New York Post. He calls yeah. the next morning. Uh, sorry, and this will be the end of the story. He no, calls the next morning. And my this mom picks up the phone. And Serby knows that my dad wasn't feeling well. But my mom, you know, my mom goes, oh, yeah, I'm just so glad he played. And she goes, yeah, what, did, you, did you say anything in the morning? And she goes, I just told him to suck it up. And then <laughs> the next right. day on the cover of the New York Post, it says, Sim's wife says, suck it up. Suck it Stop. up. That's right. <laughs> Oh Are you God. serious? Yeah, I want to go. Great. I remember you told us that story in the office. I, I want to go get to the the post archives and see if we can yeah, find it the been cover. November of 1993. It'd probably, oh you know, my God! Yeah, somewhere Wait, so there. what were you thinking? Yeah, oh what were you thinking God. when you saw that paper? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's funny. Hey, you know, Mom. Well, I, I'm not going to tell you what the things were, but I mm. knew some like really secrets about the NFL and certain things are going to happen. A coach is going to be fired or whatever. Right. And I told my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and some friends of mine in the media business called the house and she goes, oh, did you hear the news? So-and-so's getting fired and this guy's taking the job. And they go, excuse me, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That did happen a few times, yeah. And they go, man, Diana, you're a great source. I'll call you next week. Tell me what you got. You know. uh... Oh, my God. I say, Diana, I, I, you can't tell... And then, you know, I got on the phone once and said, "Look, just you can't write it. Don't say it. You know, you can't. No, no, no. Don't worry. It's gonna be okay." <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, sweating bullets like whatever. Somebody's gonna find out I said something. But you know what? It, it never did. So. No. So Diana was the first Adam Schefter. <laughs> Seriously. You, you're right. Right. She or, or whatever. I don't know. If you want to call her Adam Schefter. Or she was... Dee Dee um, Schefter. That's what we call it. Yeah, she's Dee Dee yeah, anyways. Yeah, I tell you, it was pretty funny stuff. All right, well, All right, uh, Dad. Story, what have y'all been talking about today? Uh, well, we we really just talked a lot about the the whole, you know, Jalen Ramsey thing, a few well, other here, things. Here, let me just say this. Yes, I go heard ahead. I on the radio and I'm listening. I'm going, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, I've got a big zero on how much I care about this. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know what we, I mean? We agreed of the 21 quarterbacks that he talked to. Right. We agreed with him on 16 of them. We thought that he was unfair about Josh Allen. He just didn't know what he was talking about. We thought that we disagreed with him on Big Ben and Andrew Luck. Right. He said that they weren't really that good, and we disagreed. Right. And we thought that he was being very political in his answers about Mariota and Bortles. But we agreed with him about like you know 70% of the answers. Yeah, no, I, th- that's great, and you know, but I, I, I wasn't going to go into analyzing what he said. I just yeah. don't care. Yeah, I hear you. You know, yes. he's just talking, and 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 listen, if it, it's kind of who he is, 
and, and you know what? Every locker room, you know, I've said all these things, but I don't know. You know, a locker room needs that group of guys, which we've talked about before many times. Yeah. And I guarantee you, he just doesn't say the – I mean, I'm sure he walks in that locker room every day yeah. and he is shooting things out of that mouth and he just kind of – everybody on the team probably loves it because he's, he's oh, got that personality do. and it's you, you need that stuff. So I look – that's why I mean uh, what he said. I didn't get into analyzing all he – he just Big Ben and this said, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. It means nothing to me and I don't want to talk – If we, I was on a show, I was like, oh, my God, we're really going to talk about this? Oh, okay, let's You're do it. You're so altruistic. Hey, Phil. Phil, how long are you going to avoid playing me in ping pong this summer? What's that? How long are you going to avoid playing me in ping pong this summer? You know, listen, avoid you, that is really ridiculous to say that. <laughs> and then um, I don't we'll, know what to say. We'll figure it out. But we do want to get you here in the office for yeah, one of these soon. next podcasts. Uh, so, and yeah, he's no, talked about it, it, so I mean, we'll do it. The summer's flying by, and every day it's, uh, man, I just, I'm just i I'm actually trying to do some work on the Dallas Cowboys right now. So All right, I just great. got home not long ago, and I'm looking at the roster, and you know what? It's better than you thought, right? It, it's, it's a lot better than I thought. I know. <laughs> There's a lot, I think the lot, big of, is, lot of big fuckers on that team. Oh, man, oh, man. And, you know, Rod Marinelli and I'm uh, Chris Chris Richard, I yeah. think I said it right. He's the DB coach there now. Right. And, man. I know. Yeah, that's a carries, nice addition. He walks around and carries a big stick now. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, this guy is – he's a little bit like uh, Coach Wilkes was in, in, in Detroit. Yeah, no, I get it. You're right. I mean, he's he's uh, one of those underrated defensive coordinators that, first of all, we talked about the the Cowboys. I think we both have the last few years gone. They could use some help in their coverage and some of the things they do there. And I think that he could help that out because Marinelli's a front seven guy, anyways, and you know he's going to get that group revved up. Yeah, yeah, and even against the oh shoot, I forgot the guy that does the color for the Forty ers I'm watching the game, Tim Ryan. Yes, right. And he he just goes. Oh my God! He goes the Cowboys. It's just they just everybody they bring out there just can kill the quarterback. That's right. And and you know I just went wow that was interesting because he really follows the uh, football very closely and you know he was saying some things just that that uh, you know the Forty ers weren't quite ready for right. what was coming on by, by by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it looked like that. All right, Dad. Yep. Thanks a lot, All right, man. You guys have a good day, Adam. See you later, man. All right, he went to go uh, take later. A, Phil. He just ran out of the room to take a pee, so oh, we're saying okay. bye with Adam. Right. Yeah. He'll be back in 40 minutes. He's so slow. <laughs> All right. I'll see you, Dad. <laughs> Have a good day. Hey, Phil was talking that entire time, Lefko. He literally just, just hung up the phone. You didn't... So you're telling me I had a chance to go to the bathroom, wash my hands, come back, and he, he was still he, good? He hung he up as you were He got the on the Cowboys, and he went down a little wormhole there, so it was good. And you know what? He actually had a good topic that I think we'll maybe bring up with him next week. That He, he said it to me on the phone yesterday. <sighs> Perfect timing by me. Yeah, yeah, was I good wanted job. to bring it up, but I'll save it for next week. Just because I, I thought it was a good thought. We'll preview it. Do I need to write this down? Or it was a little you? something. It was a little something on Lamar Jackson. Okay. And, Is he taking uh, back his bet? Just no, no. Just a conversation we had about him and the league and how they deal with people like him this day and age. I thought it was kind of an interesting little tidbit. Phil Sims on Lamar Jackson, the NFL, coming up next, next week, week only on the Sims and Lefko podcast. <laughs> All right, Sims, you're ready to give some interesting scouting reports. Let's do it. All right, so we are going to focus uh, on preseason week one. By the way, 
Super excited for preseason week two, just to kind of sit down and watch all the games. Uh, in terms of week two, how do teams usually approach week two? Yeah, week two, you're going to get certainly more snaps by the starters and the people that are expected to be p- performing during the regular season. You're going to get semi-game planning this week, right? You're going to definitely have, like, you know, whoever it is that's playing. We're going to look at some film of them this week where the week before they might have not looked at anything. And they just had an agreement with the coach. Like, hey, you're not going to bring a crazy – like, you're going to bring just basic blitzes. Like, right. Or the Giants are going to play man-to-man Right. Every conversations play. go on before. This week is going to be, no, we're going to watch some film from, them from the preseason game one. We're going to probably go back and watch just a little of last year and prepare ourselves for some of their crazy blitzes. Because I have to imagine the coaches are also practicing their play calling timing and their own you know their own strategy like Definitely. I feel like you have to get in the flow of calling they do. like studying a team yeah they're coming in they're getting into a flow of you know organizing their week to week game plan approach too with the new guys they got and things they've evaluated throughout the first three to four weeks of training camp to go you know man I came into the season thinking we would be good at this but I've been proven wrong over the last two weeks of training camp and I've got to adjust how I want to attack whatever it may be so two is more than one three is more than two Three is, together. three is treated like a real game for the most part. And then four is... Four is basically you might as well just let the, 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 the players, the starters are getting to rest and yes. now train again. Like mm. really train to get big and strong, get their legs back under them so they can be explosive as hell for week one. I am a degenerate gambler, but even I would not bet on week four of the preseason. But week no. two is coming up. Week one, uh, you went back and looked at some of your favorite players. So yeah. we're going to go from offense to defense. What did you think of DJ Moore and the Carolina Panthers, the first-round wide receiver? You were very excited about him pre-draft. Yeah, right. Where did you think, from what you just saw in that first week? Uh, I mean, he didn't start, right? They started Torrey Smith and Funchess, but when they brought in the first third receiver, he was the first guy to go out there. Um, first of all, his body jumps out to me. He's got that special legs that I like to see in a running back, or like a running back slash receiver that, that are special to me. Like we've seen the Percy Harvins of the world have and some of those kind of guys, Steve Smith, similar type of thing where you just go, man, they're built with a little more muscular density than the normal wide receiver. And um, he pops on film. He really does. He is a not a, not a like jaw-dropping route runner yet. Uh, he's still a little raw from that standpoint. But man, his ability to scare people and he's not even running at full speed yet is what's really amazing about him ability to scare people right ability like he can go he can come out of the box and he's not really going but he's moving pretty good and he hasn't really turned it on to that sixth gear yet and he still scares dbs to go oh gosh he's gonna run by me let me go but the thing that I looked at he was open a number of times where they missed him or didn't have protection whatever it may be he had one double move where Garrett Gilbert actually threw a touchdown to the right side, but he ran a little like stop go on the left side, and the guy didn't really bite on it. He stopped for a second, but he was like five yards off. But just like the draft, his ability to stop and restart and get the full speed is as good as anybody in the sport, like an Odell Beckham Jr., to where he made the double move, the guy paused five yards down the field, he exploded, and he ran past that guy. If Garrett Gilbert had thrown it to him back in the end zone, he was going to outrun the guy and score the touchdown. But then the other thing I just look at is uh, his physicality and his ability to not only make explosive quick moves with the ball in his hand, but he can break arm tackles because of that lower body strength. And he, he, the thing he has to work on is 
He has tremendous urgency with his body when the ball's in his hand. He has to be like that when it's not in his hand. Because he can catch a comeback, and you go, damn, he wasn't even really turning it on there, and he got the comeback. But as soon as he got the ball in his hand, it was like, like you got to learn to run routes like that, too, because it's just going to make him that much better. But uh, I'm very impressed, and I would have a hard time thinking he's not going to be the go-to guy or that he starts, because Torrey Smith is the guy that they're starting there right now. And I would just say, as long as DJ Moore catches up on the mental aspect, uh, that's not a contest. Do you think he could have a big year this year? Yeah, I do. I do. Right away. Yeah, I really do. I mean, he went up and caught a 50-50 ball. Quarterback got his. He was throwing it. You know, he's got the – he's tremendous at catching 50-50 balls. It's His body control is off the charts. Yes, he could be one of those guys in that offense where, you know, I know they don't throw it a ton, but I think he can have a lot of big plays, and he can probably inject himself into the rookie of the year conversation on offense. Yeah, I do. I think he's that special of an athlete. Uh, two guys that will definitely not be in the rookie of the year discussion because they are offensive linemen, yeah. but there's no really way to quantify it. Right. You you said you wanted to talk about two rookies on the Indianapolis offensive line. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing that I think jumps out to me about the Indianapolis Colts, first of all, is their offensive line, when you really look at it, you go, they have a chance to be something special they this year. They took Ryan Kelly, right. center out of Alabama. Exactly. Many people said was the best center in that draft. Right. Then they flank him with our man, hey, Quentin, Quentin right. Nelson, exactly. and Braden Smith, a guard from where? Uh, he's the guard from Auburn. Auburn. So if you guys remember, if you go and look at YouTube from our draft content, there was a guy that started off the second round. Austin Corbett went to Cleveland. Yeah. Sims was freaking out because there were two guys that you thought were better than him. Yes, significantly. One, one was Braden Smith, right. who's now on the Colts, right. and it's him and Quentin Nelson together. Right. And the other was Will Hernandez, the guy that went to the Giants. Exactly right. So I don't think a lot of people know about Braden Smith, but yeah. what do the Colts have in Nelson and Smith? Yeah, I mean, Nelson was really good in the game. He wasn't perfect. He got beat a few times in pass pro because against the Seahawks against the Seahawks he got beat a few times because it's the NFL and he's never had some guys like that put some of these moves on him he's not used to it he wasn't like out of position or overpowered but he got fooled by like hand fighting where he went in to lean in and the guy did give him like the old ta 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 and he was gone you like that? Ta da ta ta ta. That's I'm how not, it goes out there. Yeah. I'm not sure if I like that one more. That's yeah. for DJ Moore. Uh, yes. So good sound effects. Yeah, so keep those but, going. So yeah, I'm not even using the soundboard. So that's he, great. He he got beat like that a little bit. Where that's just like you just got to get used to experienced pass rushers than guys that have more than two moves in college football, okay. right? So, but he's going to be a stud. He was great. I saw one pull yeah, where he just like cliff. leveled all the, the guy on the right side there. Yeah. He pulled out from the left to the right side. Yes. So I, mean, I have no worries about Quentin Nelson. Braden Smith, he wasn't with the starting group. He played guard in the game. I honestly think after watching the game, and I, I, I know today that they talked about they're going to play him and let him have a chance to start at right tackle. I think he's going to be better oh, at right tackle. right tackle. Yes, I think he's going to be better at right tackle. I don't know if he has enough ass to hunker in there against some of the just big, giant D tackles. Especially because right tackle has become, in a weird way, the new left tackle. A little bit. I mean, you definitely have to have the foot. He has the footwork, the length. And I do think he might be better at a right tackle altogether. But I would just say he's a guy to watch out for. So I think, the Austin Howard, Denzel Good, Joe Haig is sort of like all the guys at right tackle right now. Right, and Jamarcus Webb actually started the game at right tackle in that game. And, I mean, Jamarcus Webb's a journeyman, good. But the, just even that, that's good depth. If oh, they can they go, got Raven Clark that they took like last year. That's what I mean. Year, so if they can go Costanzo third. at left tackle, Nelson at left guard, Kelly at center, uh, Slauson at right guard, and then you put a whatever it is, Austin Howard, or this kid, Braden Smith. Smith. I look at that line and go, 
The, the, you can't just think it's going to be Andrew Luck throwing it 40 times this year. You better watch out. It really reminds me of the Eagles offensive line last year right. where they had this year where they, before the year, had lost Jason Peters guys, yeah. was messed up and mm-hmm. Lane Johnson didn't play 10 games right. and everyone was going, where's the depth? But because all the backups had to get a full year of reps, now they're Made too them a deep. Lot better, right? And I look at the Colts and I go, I, I have been saying all offseason, I think the Colts might be the surprise team. Yeah, that could be. I just literally don't, I, I don't think people realize that this team that was awful last year. Right was leading going into the fourth quarter in nine of the 16 games. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. You're right. And you kind of look at it and go, man, if Andrew Luck is what we think Andrew Luck can be, right. look out for the Colts. I, I mean, know. their defense stinks. Yeah. There's some names on the defense. I don't think it's going to be as bad as I thought, but okay. it's not a lot of big difference makers. All but, right. So yeah. let's go to uh, defense. Well, let's talk about that same game, right? Yeah, so let's talk about Rasheem Green. Yeah, let's just talk about Rasheem Green real quick. USC product, 94 on Seattle. 94. I've seen him in person when Notre Dame and USC played each other, so I know what kind of body the guy. The guy is a big, strong, densely muscular dude, right? They played 3-4 at USC, so he basically had to play a position that he wouldn't play in the NFL. He was two-gap in offensive tackles, but he's got tremendous strength for his size he's overall. He's 6'4", 275, right. and he was a third-round pick. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's jacked. It's a 275 where it's just muscle yes. and bone. That's all there is to the guy. And uh, I just look at him and went, I mean, first of all, he is he's legit. He's going to be their starting defense end in Seattle. Really? And he can do a lot of different things along that defense line. I think he can be that Michael Bennett type guy that plays defense end, D-tackle and so passing situations. So he would kind of go in instead of Nazir Jones alongside Jaron Reed. Yes, I think so. And uh, I just think when I look at him, he, he really reminds me of our guy in New Orleans. I think he could be that Cam kind of player. Jordan? I do. That's a high price. I know, and I'm just saying, but he's bought his movements and his style of play, that's who he reminds me of. Not saying he's there yet, but I do think he can be that kind of guy. He's got the potential to do that. Interesting. Yeah. Cam Jordan is 6'4", 287. There we so go. Fits right. a similar. Pretty close. And I, wow, I that's know. a big price. Yeah, I know. He's got. He's 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 special. I think he was underdrafted because he was out of position in college, and some idiots in the league just can't evaluate and figure it out. All right. So keep an eye out for Rasheem Green. Yeah. Uh, another D lineman did not play for Washington, but you're hearing some things. Yeah. Deron Dur- Payne. Deron Payne, which was the first. I think it was one of the first surprise picks in the draft, yeah. just because a lot of people were mocking him towards the end of the first right and he went in the middle of the first to washington right alabama mover alabama mover so what do you hear again in alabama you can't just evaluate the film you got to go oh it's alabama he's not allowed to just put his ears back and go he has to hold his ground and two gap you have to be able to evaluate that and then when you see him getting a four down front you could see some of those things that go oh Okay, I get it. What did I? Who did I compare him to coming out in the draft? Kawan Short, I believe, is who I compared mm. to. I had a little birdie tell me that he was opening eyes in D.C. So then I text some of my friends in D.C. And yeah, I think he's been one of the wows of the camp to this Interesting. point. Interesting. Yes. I mean, he is a guy, uh, like I said, um, really can do everything in the interior part of the defensive line. But he has a special ability, like our favorite players, that he could be a fuck the play up type of guy and be on the stats. I, has that four swears maybe now? You got then? three. You're good. Three? Okay. You've been selective. Okay, good. But so yes. that, that kind of line, they they do play like a 3-4 in Washington. They're like a 3-4 hybrid, right? It's like what we call a 3-4 under front. It's like a 4-3 front with some 3-4 characteristics. But if Jonathan Allen can stay healthy, and exactly. I think he was playing pretty well, then right. you have Deron Payne, and then you're mixing in the Preston Smiths and, and some of the other guys up front. Yes. It's not bad. It's not bad. They got They, they got a chance this year. They really do. All right, so you you're hearing really I'm good hearing stuff. I'm hearing really good How things. How impressed? Like 
been the star of the camp on defensive wow. side of the ball. Yeah. Right. All right. Right. That was a good pick. He was yeah. the 13th overall pick. I think a lot of people were expecting them to go in a lot of different ways, uh, but he ended up going 13. Yeah. Uh, next one, Tremaine Edmonds, mm-hmm. linebacker for the Bills. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds was, we thought, could go as high as six. Right. And he fell down to the teens. Yes. Um, man, he's a freak show athletically, even in the and NFL. And that just pops right it away. It pops right away. Um, you know, it's it's the Buffalo defense, which is the Carolina defense. He's going to be asked to do like what Luke Keekley does and all that. First thing is, he starts game one. You can tell he's direct in traffic. He's completely comfortable. A little undisciplined, a little, because he's he's very quick to read and react. He really is. So much to the point Pre-snap where... snapper at, yeah, at the snap. Like, okay. he's very good at like, oh, the ball's going here. I'm going to try to beat him there. He might actually have to slow down a little bit because like they bootleg and do things like that and he's already over there by the running back and the quarterback's over there and he can't get in the play. Or even, you know, guessing in a hole where the running back might go to and the running back cut it up in another hole and you want to go, damn, if you just were a little slower to react, you'd have yep. been there. But... Yes, like what I saw. I mean, can fly around the field, you know, can take on guards at the point of attack. And really, I just think his true beauty of the player is going to come out through the regular season because it's going to be pass defenses where he's really going to make his mark. Brady, those guys trying to throw over the middle of the field, he is going to scare a lot of people from doing that because of his physicality, length, and just his presence alone. So I know how you watch film. Yeah. So you're watching, I'm sure you're looking out for yeah. him. What was kind of your initial reactions as just looking at him in the uniform? Yeah, the first thing is I was like, oh, 49, that's him. I didn't have to look it up because I was like, damn, there's no linebackers that look like this in the sport. And then uh, the first thing was to just let me watch him run. I mean, he just stands out. He's running by the other linebackers when he's running to the football, whatever it may be. Uh, But yeah, the first impression of him right there is, wow, he belongs and wow, he looks pretty special at that position already. Like I said, it's not perfect. He's a little raw, but it's, it's a good start. One guy that you were super high on in all the cornerbacks. You know, there was the battle at the top of the Denzel Wards and the Jair Alexanders and Josh Jackson was being mentioned. But you were one of the first ones to go, we need to talk about this UCF kid, Mike Hughes. Hughes. And uh, we talked about it last podcast. Mm -hmm. All the talk right now to Minnesota, the special team guy going, he is special. The defensive coordinator going, he's showing a lot of flashes. What did you see do you feel confirmed? Do you feel vindicated? Yeah, I'm confirmed. I am. I mean, just the way I saw in week one, um, he, he's got a great presence on the field, which is what concerns me about Denzel Ward, and is why I didn't like him. We'll get to that in a second. But Hughes is um, he's lightning in a bottle. He's just he's in your face. He didn't start. Um, he came in with the second nickel right when he got in. And first of all. Minnesota's, they are so stacked in their secondary. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's Xavier, and then it's Trey Waynes, and then it's Alexander McKenzie coming McKenzie in. McKenzie Alexander. And, and Nickel, McKenzie Alexander, right? Terrence Newman just chilling. Terrence Newman's just chilling. Oh, and then, no, oh, here Marcus co- Sherrill's. Exactly right. And, yeah. then, and then here comes, you know, our man, number 21, And the Mike thing Hughes. is, too, is look at their safeties. Harrison Smith, Andrew Sandejo, J. Ron Curse. I know was like a, a super athlete. Yeah. And then also Anthony Harris is a really good player that gets in all the no time. No doubt about it. Their secondary is real. I don't know how they're going to keep everybody. I, I don't know either. I mean, uh, but this this kid, it, 
his his explosiveness. Yeah, his tell, tell me what it's tackle. like when you're watching the film and yeah. you find him. Yes, he has first of all a body I like. It's just right away his body is oh there he is. Yep, that looks like him. Yeah, oh yeah, and so twitchy. But his explo- his ability to explode like the play you originally sent me last week when yes, you saw him running down the line of scrimmage right and making the tackle to the opposite side yes. on the run game. He can get up to full speed in two two steps, but also his ability and man to man to mirror and okay stay on a guy's hip oh the guy's exploding i can explode with him always stopping i can stop with him on a dime Mm -hmm. that's where i just think it's special and yeah i think he's got a chance i I wouldn't be shocked if he's the starter when all said and done there i really wouldn't i think he's gonna be trey wayne yeah i think he's a better player than trey wayne's at the true essence of the player and i think he's got better ball skills than trey wayne's which has been an issue for trey so you actually looked at mike hughes and went oh i could see it being a xavier rhodes mike hughes tandem and trey wayne's gets punted do you think they think that too i i i think it's definitely in their brain Yes. The way he play, they played him as far as he got in there with the starters and got to be a nickel and then, you know, be the second group of starting corners and all that. Yes. And Zimmer's the kind of guy, too, that usually pumps his brakes on those guys and really makes yes. them earn their stripes. So for him to have that role that early on tells me he's impressed. Man, yeah. Minnesota. I know. I'm telling you, I think, I think people kind of sleep on him a little bit. Yeah, I know. I might pick them. I, uh, the, it's it's tough that division. I, Jair, Jair Alexander isn't playing yet, right. so hopefully he plays Thursday night. But there were two safeties in this draft yeah. that were expected to go high, right? And both did. Derwin a little bit lower than Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. So let's t- let's talk about them in draft order. Yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. Safety goes to Miami. Uh, when they drafted him, everyone talked about how he was going to kind of play a little bit of everything. Maybe he's going to play some corner. He could play some nickel. He could play some safety. Yeah. They love the versatility, and we know that he's just a great kid. Yeah. How did he look in the uniform? Starts. Right on. The starting 11 defense, Minka Fitzpatrick's the starting safety. What did you think about in the uniform? Looks great. Looks okay. just like he did in Alabama. Wearing 29, got great ass and legs. Um, first play of the game, he's covering the slot receiver man-to-man across the field. He's all over him. I mean, he's, that's such a value to have. He's he belongs, especially when you play the Patriots yeah, twice a year. Yeah, he's he belongs, man. I don't know what else to say other than that he broke up a pass to Goodwin, Godwin. I always mess Godwin and the Bucks down the left. Yes, they tried to Godwin. do a cover two shot, and Minka was a little slow to read it, but his ability to go from zero to sixty in three steps is very impressive as well. You know, whether he's down there covering the slot and he scares you to throw bubble screens because he's so quick to explode. But the most impressive thing too, not a little the physical ability is special and they made a great pick. He's he He's directing the defense already. I oh, mean, this is like between plays. I mean, he's. Uh, I look for those things before the ball snapped, and he's pointing people, and he's telling the corner to back off, and he's got it all already. And what's what's all you heard? This is why Nick Saban sang his praise. So yeah, he, they, they hit a gem there. He's gonna. He's starting day one. How much can someone at that position impact the defense overall? A lot. I think safety is a very impactful position because of. The mental aspect, the physical aspect. We saw it with the Jets last year. That's what I mean. When you have a badass back there, who can communicate, get the defense. Oh, wait, coach said he didn't like when we're getting this coverage and they motion to that formation. You know, audible, audible. He'll send out his signals like, get out of this. Those save coaches from bad plays. That saves your team from letting up seven points sometimes. And that's that's not something every safety can do. Exactly, especially on the fly and especially in a rookie. I was going to say the guy this benefits the most is Rashad. Rashad Jones. Yes, without a doubt. Rashad 
Jones has always been a super physical up at the line safety, but yeah. because they've always been bad at that position, he's had to be the one in the back. Right. I think Rashad is he could get a Probably pro happy. bowler because of Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, then the guy that fell that we, I mean, everybody was so in, entranced by with his physical attributes, Derwin James, yeah. Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know. What did you think? I was a little underwhelmed. Derwin has, my only concern about Derwin in the draft, I don't know if you remember this. I do. Was his short area quickness. You thought he was a little bit big. He's a long strider. And he didn't start. He came in, you know, somewhere, I'm going to say halfway, maybe early second quarter when he finally got in to play the safety position. And he didn't do much. I'm not going to say he looked bad, but he looked like he was a little lost a few times. Let up a completion with Rosen through like an in-cut behind him at one point. He was a little late to pick up the route. Right. The guy beat him out the back door. You know, again, it wasn't bad. I'm not going to sit here and judge any of this too critically, but he didn't pop like Minka did. And that's going to be my concern with him. And this is some of the concerns I had with him, like, because I love the guy and I love how he hits and I love his attitude and all that. But I did worry about his ability to be against the quicker jitterbug guys in that area of the field. His straight ahead, straight ahead speed's good, but it takes him a few steps to get up to it. And sometimes that can be like Cam Chancer, he, his, his straight ahead speed is not that good. But he could get to his top end speed in like a half a step. So that made up for it at that position. Sometimes that short area quickness, in my opinion, is just as important as, oh, he ran a 4-4-8. Oh, Cam Chancellor ran a 4-6. I don't give a damn. In those first 10 yards, he's as fast as the guy that ran the 4-4-8. And that's what's important at times. Mm. So that's where I'll just be looking at him. How did he look in the jersey? He looks cool wearing 33. Um, yeah, he looks the part. He really does. He's long and lanky out so there. So you found yourself kind of looking at him and being like, okay, I have some concerns. Yeah, just, yeah, I got to see more. At this point, more. it's just something you're going to pay attention to. Yeah, just going to pay. I'm not concerned. Just I just want to pay attention, right? All right. Yeah. So it sounds like to me that DJ Moore and Mike Hughes, you're looking at and going, those two could really be special. Yeah. I feel validated on that. Right. You're looking at the offensive lineman for the Colts and going, okay. Yeah. You know, I don't underestimate right. this group. Uh, Rasheem Green, you felt very confident. Yeah. In. I mean, I just because I was watching the Colts old line, Colts, it was Andrew Luck playing. He's starting over there. Yeah. He's like, I didn't mean to watch a third rounder, but when, you know, the third rounder gets a sack and a half and is pushing people back into the face of the quarterback, it's hard not to pay attention to him. Yeah. So that's kind of how you look at preseason games. Yeah. It's preseason week one. We're looking to kind of see who looks good in the jersey, who looks like they belong there. People like Minka can blow you away in right. terms of how quickly they're picking it up. Right. But that's the reason you draft Minka Fitzpatrick at number 11. Exactly right. Uh, and then week two, how are you going to approach watching week two? Week two, I'm still going to do more than anything, just evaluate the players. Like That's all I want to do at this point. But... I will at least this week take notice of scheme a little, especially when the starters are in. Because I might go, oh, okay, scheme. I want to check this out, see what they're doing. Oh, it's a different formation. You know, especially with new coaches like we did with the Giants and Pat Shermer last week. We saw things like that. But James Betcher has the watch. Jets defense looking great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so let me get – I put that – well, no, because like, I – Totally ignored you. I did yeah. not ignore you. Well, I have to get to the uh, the questions. Did you want to get to some of those? Uh, what questions do you want? That I had put on uh, Instagram. I was reaching out to people. Oh, you're such um, a reacher. I forget how to access the questions. You forget how to access the questions. Yeah, when I put a thing up. When you put a thing up. I put that thing up. How oh, do I get to the questions? Oh, you got to click the view count in the bottom. Okay. Yeah, there it is. I was like, what are you talking about? And yeah. then the questions are supposed to pop up? 
Uh, yeah, they should. Okay, so I have a few questions from our Instagram, at Sims and Lefko, which I think is a good way uh, to kind of get that. Um, this one's from Rod Simba. What up, Rod Simba? Simba? What team could successfully run a two-quarterback system in the NFL? What conditions are needed to make it work? Okay. I don't know if there's any conditions that can make it work, Rod, to be tr- tr- like totally honest with you. Because I just feel like whenever you run a two-quarterback system, I do think you're dividing the football team. There's going to be some guys that are in one camp and some guys that are in the other camp. Now, you can do it maybe along the ways of like how Neil O'Donnell and Cordell Stewart did it back in the day a little bit, where maybe we'll see that from Flacco and Lamar Jackson this year, uh, where you just come in, he's got a few gadget plays every game where he can line up. But to say that you're totally just going to split quarterbacks up and – you know, I don't know, depend on both of them. Uh, I just don't think that's realistic in the NFL. It's hard to get the quarterbacks the reps they want. And I think the biggest thing, like I said, is you're going to divide the locker room. You know, it's like we talked about with like the Cleveland Browns. Well, maybe they should pick a quarterback with the first and fourth pick. Increase their odds. Yeah, okay, that'll be the first way to become a dysfunctional organization. So I just think that's the reason you don't see it. It's the reason we don't see a lot of talented backups anymore in the league because coaches are so scared of their starter feeling threatened, which I think is stupid. And we're seeing that, you know, competition usually breeds greatness. As we're seeing, like, Joe Flacco looks like a new guy. Why? Because he's got two guys behind him that are physically good and scare the shit out of him a little. Jordan Cole 11, did Sims ever play with or against a cockier player than Jalen Ramsey? Oh, Mm, cockier player than Jalen Ramsey. I don't think so. Because, like, you know, I mean, Ray and Ed Reed and Julius Peppers, they certainly had amazing confidence, but... Not like this. Not like this, no. I mean, D'Angelo was confident as hell, certainly. But, no, this is another level right here. I can't think of anybody that... Naming people. Yeah. Yeah. That I could just say, like, yeah, this this is a special event, I think. I mean, this is... You don't see this every day. Your dad didn't care last year. Your dad doesn't care, right? Yeah. Uh, Cheddar says, Eagles fan till I die. Not a question. Just wanted Adam to know. Thank you. Oh, thank Uh, you. As you wear a Pittsburgh shirt today. Jettas or die says, what's the status on Lefko's legs and ass? Fly Eagles fly from Denmark. They're they're pretty good. I mean, I I haven't seen Lefko naked yet. We'll, We'll get there at some point. Got to see him uh, in some... I need to put Lefko in some tight spandex. I was going to say, we should put him in a football uniform and have really you evaluate him. him. But yeah. no, he's, Lefko's got... He's got nice thighs, certainly does. His booty, you know, it's kind of just a big square white person's booty. There's yeah, not a not, lot of bubble in there, but it's decent surpri- bubble. You'd be surprised. Yeah, there's decent bubble. Right. Uh, tricky one for Lefko. <laughs> this one's from Alex Weber. If you could only keep one, Fletcher Cox or Carson Wentz? Oh, that's Whoa. easy. Come on. Is it? What would you take? Carson Wentz. Are you gonna? You're gonna go think about this. I mean, it depends. If we're talking like year and year, or like for the rest of the career, rest of the career, I'm taking I'm taking Carson Wentz. Right. But just this year, sure, I can make an argument yeah. for Fletcher Cox. I got Nick Foles for one year. Yeah. Look, I watched the first that first drive of the the first two drives really of the Eagles Steelers. I want to tell you that there was nobody more impressive on either side of the ball than Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Like the the Steelers offense couldn't function. Fletcher Cox bro- like ruined three plays. David DeCastro, the only guy he can't block in football is Fletcher Cox. I mean, it's, yeah, like he I, blocks I, everybody except for that guy. Fletcher Cox to me is a top ten player in the NFL. Uh, I mean, the fact that he was ranked sixty nine by the you know yeah, that list. That's 70, so I subscribe to the NFL one hundred. So yeah. 
Uh, Sims, Jay-Z Amora 1017. What is your favorite uniform in the NFL? Ooh, I this like is, it. Sims loves these questions. I We're like two it. more after I this. I like it. Okay, hold on. I'm an old school guy. I do. I will say that. Only, out of all the new age uniforms, there's only one I like, and that's Seattle. That's the only. You just told me you like Tennessee's new. Uniform I do like too. the look of it. I haven't let it like. I got a lot of breathe. But a you little. gotta pick. What one. about the team you told us about in the car in L.A.? Remember? No. Well, you can tell me. NFC East team. Well, the, the, the Redskins. The Redskins. The NFC East uniforms are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, they're traditional. Classic. The, I think the Eagles actually have the worst uniform in the division. Um, sorry. But, um, okay, hold on. Just give me a second. I'm a sucker for the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving one with the yeah. blue shoulders. Yep. It just reminds me of the movie Little Giants. Yep. And it's Pull solid. the teams. Pull all the right, teams. All right. I, I, I got it. You got to right. pick one. I know. I got to narrow down. So just hear me through. Okay? Talk it out. I mean, Dallas is certainly one of them. Um, I think that the Raiders are another one. Um. I probably would go. You like Cleveland without the stripe. Yeah, but I'm not going to put them in this. I'm the Steelers. The Bears, I know those. You, everyone's going like, "Oh, you're so boring." Yeah, you like the traditional. Teams. I do. I like. I think if you made me pick one, I'm going with the Raiders. Mm. The Raiders, silver you like helmet. Pe- you like Penn State's college uniforms? But they're okay. Yeah. They're, yes, I do. I like the simpleness of Penn State's uniform. Yes, I love. You like, must hate Oregon. Oh, get the hell out of here! Yeah, you must hate no Maryland. Way. No. Ugh. Well, I don't even know what's going on in that uniform. Yeah. They got more designs going on. Yeah, I love the Michigan, normal Michigan. I hate when Ohio State wears those crazy uniforms when they play Michigan. You got one of oh, the like greatest black, uniforms yeah. there is. Don't mess with that. I mean, yes. Uh, so I think that's it. I think I'm the Raiders. Yeah. This is an interesting football question. TBG709, what's holding Jonathan Hankins back from signing? He's the best rush defender available. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's looking for the right deal, whatever it is. He didn't have a great year last year. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Right. Um, I really I can't I can't have an answer for you there. I don't know. I, I really is it because he's like a two down guy and we're I, just that could be part of it. Yes, uh, I, I got. Is there something out there on the street that I don't know about? When I read the articles about him the other day, I did think like I need to call some people and kind of hear the story about this guy. Quote uh, from uh, Giants camp today: Eli was asked about Jalen Ramsey's interview with GQ. Manning yeah. said no comment. Then paused and said, "Who?" Oh, good for Eli. That's great. <laughs> Eli is a lot funnier than I thought he would yes, be. Yes, he is. Uh, King Torge uh, asks, who will be the best rookie quarterback this season? Hmm. If you had to pick one of them. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Sam. That's a little overreacting. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it's over. Week one of the preseason. I don't think, I mean, yeah, of course it's all overreacting, but um, uh, I feel like Sam is the only one right now where I can go, he's definitely going to start week one. Like, I think Sam Darnold is going to be the week one starter. Uh, you know, Baker, I don't think we're going to see for him a while. Josh Allen, he is raw. I don't know if he starts right away. And he has probably the least amount of help around him. Um, yeah, I'm going with Sam Darnold. I'm joining that club there, big guy. Who are you picking, Josh? I'll go Sam Darnold, too. Good job, Josh. Yeah, I'm running out of gas here, guys. Right, yeah, last, I mean, it was a two-and-a-half-hour podcast. Well, I've been up since three in the morning as well. So. Yeah. All right, Showtime Burns. Showtime Burns says, has anyone ever told you that you and Seth Rogen have quite similar voices? Yes, we've heard that before. Is that true? Do I sound like Seth Rogen? <laughs> <laughs> Do I sound like that? I don't Not think really. so. I feel like Seth Rogen talks like this. I feel like he's like inside of a submarine. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know what you're thinking about. Do we have a line from when he gets, you know, the girl pregnant or whatever? <laughs> we'll we need to watch. We'll like, pull it off. We for need next to week. pull up a line and have you talk to it. Seth Rogen quote. 
All right, so here's. I'm All just right. going to click on this. Here we go. Uh, Lefko doesn't want to end the podcast today. I don't. He I wants love you guys. It. Yeah, he wa- Look, it's Doctor Seuss's penis. <laughs> okay. It's doc. It's Doctor Seuss's penis. Do I sound like yeah, that? Yeah, you're kind of close. It's close. It's similar. He. Uh, we really needed to get a profile shot of you and Jared Goff together while we were at Rams camp. We screwed up not getting that. Well, I don't think Jared Goff was going to stop for us. No, he no. was not going to come hang. No. Yeah, I think Je- we were all. I think we were all just mesmerized at the stink eye that he gave Chris. He definitely did. He he was not pleased. And then what? You guys are informing me that people show. He he's I guess admitted that like people show him Bleacher Report alerts. Well, all he, I know he is was like, quoted saying all that I know he was is quoted. a lot of Rams people were coming up to us. Be like, oh yeah, you talked a, like you were getting called out by the Rams. I remember, all they the were time. mad at me because I, I guess last year, remember when the whole thing is McVeigh was talking in his ear when they would yeah. break the huddle. Yeah, I didn't like that. You said it was unfair. I think it's unfair. I think Sean McVeigh would probably agree with you. I think he would. I think you would. He probably My favorite agree with coach me. in the NFL, Sean McVeigh. <laughs> You're a jerk. Oh, yeah, uh, Sean McVeigh podcast. <laughs> I think I think I'm going to be a Sean McVeigh fan. We're going to be a Sean McVeigh. Yeah, fan? they're going to swap. But they, uh, yes, um, so yeah, the Rams as a football purist. It wasn't a shot. They're not the only team that does that. I'm not. It was just I don't like it. That's yes. all I'm saying. All right. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, you guys have been awesome. Uh, as always, follow us on social at Sims and Lefko. We are getting closer to the Sims and Lefko Fantasy League draft, so get excited, get prepared. I, we're going to come with our team name. Golden I, Spleen League. I don't we'll think lose. we're going to be the Odell Rogers. Be, it's the our Aaron team name. Beckhams. Yeah, great job, Sims. Uh, and then if you signed up for the Fuck the Play Up, uh, I'm sure that Tim will be organizing that, so you guys are great. Uh, man, we're getting close. So excited. Our after week three is when we are going to do our division winners, our Super Bowl winners, and our big bets. Get some left go locks in there for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. And for the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We will haul. Don't. Oh, there it is. See you yeah. later. All right, guys. Be well. Talk to you soon. <laughs>